0: Hello everybody, it's Uncle Glenn Hughes, and you're listening to the Deep Purple
1: Podcast.
0: You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple, and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 232, Glenn Hughes, live at the Worcester Palladium. And coming to you from the sunny suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry.
2: And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, Ron. That's it. (laughs) Just just Ron. (laughs) We'll we'll explain it later.
0: (laughs) We have... uh, we have a, a, a panel with us today, like probably the first. Well, we've had panels before, but this is this is big enough that it can really be called a panel. So mm-hmm. um, we have some uh, some some new folks to the show and uh, and some um, uh, some some familiar names. And uh, first off, we got Rich Yong Shaler joining us. If We want if you want to say me. hi.
3: Sure. From the uh, <laughs> free uh, suburbs of Boston.
0: <laughs> we also have a couple other uh, familiar uh, names. We have the Gardo, Peter Gardo coming. F- where are you coming to us from?
4: I'm coming from up the road from the bought Off Williams house.
0: <laughs> Very nice.
4: <laughs> Very nice.
0: We've got the Roback, Mark Roback joining us. Welcome yeah, to hi, the show.
5: Hi, guys. I'm coming to you from down the road from the Noah Webster house.
0: Ooh, Noah Webster. Not as much fun to say, though.
5: No, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a poor substitute, actually.
0: <laughs> then we've got uh, patron Steve Coldwell joining us for the first time. Thank you, Steve.
6: Yep. From the uh, close enough to be called the suburbs of Worcester, but no one admits to being the suburbs of Worcester. <laughs> so we'll say suburbs of Boston.
0: Yes, it sounds <laughs> a little bit. Are you closer to Worcester than Boston?
6: Closer to, God, I think I'm right on the line. There you go. Much then 50, call it 50. Boston then. Let's call it Boston.
0: Yeah. And then, newcomer to the show, our friend Eddie. Eddie the friend. (laughs) The friend. (laughs) Hailing from Southern Connecticut.
3: (laughs) We didn't vote on that. (laughs) <laughs>
4: Glenn Hughes didn't say so Yeah, there's, there's, there's another name that he sometimes That's, gets Yeah, there's but. no
0: endorsement
3: there yeah.
0: <laughs> So Eddie, Eddie joins us as well And all of us were at the show um, And before we get into that We'll just do some real quick hi- housekeeping uh, Ways to support the show uh, You can leave us a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts You can buy some merch at our Etsy store You can become a patron on Patreon Or on PayPal for as little as $1 a month You can also donate on PayPal PayPal PayPal, you can use Cash App, dollar sign DPPOD, or support us on Ko fi. Um, Before we get underway, we do have a few uh, quick things to talk about. And one of them would be if I can find the jingle, it is. Wait, wait, where is it? Here it is. <laughs> new patron. <laughs> oh my goodness, we have a new patron, folks. This is really exciting. This patron comes to us from the long line of Breeses and Bryces. This is uh, a three-pound patron, Mr. Richard Brees, joining us at the three-pound aromatic feed tier. Thank you very much, Richard, for your support of the show. And then, uh, not to be undone, we also have... New patron. Richie Richie Sucksmith. Joining us at the Mm. (laughs) $6.65 almost (laughs) evil tier. (laughs)
1: That's that's not
0: a
6: $1 made-up name tier? No, no, that's that's the best (laughs) one.
0: They give us more money, but they still use the made-up name. Richie Sucksmith.
6: All right, <laughs> <laughs> You got your
5: blacksmith, your, you know.
0: Well, it might be his real name, so we might lose him after yeah. this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now that we've all oh, offended no. him. Yeah. Like, I'm out of here, those jerks. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: once you hear Richie, too, you figure it's got to be a put-on. But um, Richie writes in and says... Um, Hi, guys. Loving the podcast. Thank you. I live in Melbourne, and the recent Melbourne live show reminded me to get in touch, leave a five-star review, and become a Patreon. I have been following Deep Purple for 40 years. I always thought I knew all I needed to know about Purple, but then I discovered your podcast. You guys have introduced me to even more branches of the family tree that I had either missed or discarded many years ago. Thanks again, Richie. So, all right. Richie Sucksmith. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the Hall of Patrons. And speaking of, Richie's patrons— Richie's gonna email
6: back next week and say you guys are mean. I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> name's and maybe it is. Yeah. Is,
0: is Suck Smith a name? Somebody, somebody, Google that and get back to me while I talk about our uh, executive lovely patrons. So. Suxsmith, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, a, with an umlaut.
7: Well,
2: indeed. <laughs> yeah. it was was he the? He was five star, right? Was he the one hundredth?
0: Um, well we'll get to that
2: in a second because I had okay. a couple of other
0: uh, I have a, a couple other reviews to to go over so I haven't gotten to his yet so um, okay. uh, th- uh, I'd like to thank our executive level patrons before we move on at the $25 uncommon man tier we have Ovis Nakvi and Purple Maniac at the 15 squid tier we have Alan... <laughs> At the $15, oh, we already did, already did that one. The turnover to $11 tier, Clay Wambacher, Frank teelgard Mortensen, Mickelstein, and Will Porter, PhDPP. And at the $10 Someone Came tier, Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, and Better Call, Saul Evans. Then, of course, who could forget the Hughes Oween by 2033 tier?
1: <laughs>
0: Mr. Fielding Fowler. <laughs> you got to keep jingles short and to the point if you really want them to stick, and that's that's what I've learned from that it's one. It's never not
2: going to be funny. No. <laughs> and
0: then uh, at the in-memoriam tier, uh, the late, great uh, Gerald, 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 Jerry, Kelly, and family, thank you so much for your support. Um, okay, so we do have... Oh, I've got to make sure that my... Uh, <laughs> make sure my uh, my zoom is set up properly we do have a apple review at the four star tier i guess you'd call it so this is a four star review normally only read five star reviews uh but this is a really positive review so i wanted to read it so it mm. comes from arrow murph from the usa four stars title very very in-depth podcast He says, I recently discovered this podcast. The two hosts definitely know their stuff. I'm a fan of the band in the States. I was surprised to find out the hosts are in America as well. I was expecting them to be from another country, considering Deep Purple is much more popular than in the United States. My favorite episodes are the deep dives into the albums. So thank you, Arrow Murph.
2: Wait a minute! I want to talk about why Gardo just guffawed right now, and he when he read that we were knowledgeable, and he went. Ah,
1: <laughs> so same over, same reason hilarious. my eyebrow
3: went. Same reason um, my eyebrow went to my hairline. Yeah, well, well, I, you know, I worked with Pete. And then we went to
5: college together, and it's like, yeah, he would do that to co-workers all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whenever somebody said something nice about a coworker,
5: <laughs> No, just like somebody saying
4: they had knowledge about something. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs>
0: not <laughs> to be believed.
4: Yeah. Well, oftentimes, oftentimes, you you folks, you know, disparage yourself saying, ah, we don't know anything. Ah, we're a bunch of knuckleheads. So that's yeah. why I laugh. But, uh, no, you yeah, guys... Yeah. You know more than I do. Thank you. Well, we're probably somewhere in the middle, but um, I, I'd say,
0: I think we've said it before, but if you if you pulled the average person off the off the street, we probably are going to beat them in deep purple knowledge, um, but yeah, but but the, the circles we hang out with are people that know so much more than we do, so mm. it seems like, yeah. why are we the ones doing the podcast?
3: Well, and in fairness, you guys have done quite a bit of studying for the last four years, so... This is true. Earlier episodes, maybe... You know, but now we'll call experts, we'll call that the quarter
0: error before we were corrected, slapped down on our our pronunciation (laughs) of equator mass
3: Um, came right before the young way.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, we'll get to that. (laughs) So, yeah. So we all kind of coordinated over the past, God, it's been like four months now um, to meet up in Worcester and see Glenn Hughes and Mr. Ingve, um, and we were you know how we kind of knew about it beforehand was they were doing this co-headlining thing, and one of them would be performing, and we didn't know who was going to be performing first or whatever it was, but it seemed like from the previous shows that. Glenn was going on first, and I don't know if when they go to Europe, if it switches around. I don't know. I don't know how they're handling that, but yeah, we went and we met up, and uh, yeah, like I don't, I don't know where should, where should we start? I guess we should start by kind of lead the lead up to Glenn Hughes, and I think maybe the second part after we do our next level of patrons, we can get into Ingve, because I, th- I think it'd be very easy to be derailed into going into the Ingve stuff. All right. Um, yeah. And maybe we should focus on the Glen stuff first. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's good.
3: Well, we we should start with your flight. I don't know if anything exciting happened like the last time, but mm. that was a highlight of the last time. Mm.
0: The uh, now the flight was I, I I I was I had a night flight this time, so I had a beer and I was holding it very very carefully with two hands all the <laughs> way to practically in the aisle <laughs> of the airplane <laughs> to make sure I didn't spill it on the woman next to me. Um, but I do have an interesting story from the flight back that I guess I'll save for later. But it didn't what involve me. What about the me. shopping that you did? The shopping. Oh yes, so yeah. So I guess we 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 met up. So Rich was the first one to arrive at the Ar- Armsby Abbey and then yeah. jo- John and I shortly after. Well, maybe not that shortly, I don't yeah. know how long you well, were I there. Went,
2: I went to I well, no, I went to pick up Nate just like the old days. Yep. Yep. And um My, yeah, we drove up there and met Rich. Um who was there first? And then and, and,
3: did Nate's dad make you go to the door? Or were you, allowed to just, were you allowed to just
0: honk.
3: You just honk from the street.
2: I, w- I was gonna honk, but they were all hanging out in the backyard. It was a very nice. Oh, day that's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I said hi. I realized I hadn't seen I hadn't seen your parents since last summer. Which yeah. I mean, there's no reason that I, you know, would have just gone to hang out with them since then if you weren't around. But it like. You know, we've I, just been I go over track. like once a
3: month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why they yeah, like But rich do you let so them better. know
2: that, or do you just like sit outside and stalk them?
3: <laughs> yeah. A little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah. No,
2: but it made me realize how long it had been since like uh, was it was last summer that we went over for that uh, family party, and you know, you invited all of us over, and I was like, geez, that was like a year ago already. Yeah, yeah. Golden Girls Day. It yep. was, it was on Golden <laughs> yeah. Girls Day, that's right.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so so I, I had carefully put aside, um, and, and anyone who listens to the show knows that when I carefully put things aside, I forget them. So I had put aside, um, I was wearing an Ian Gillen shirt, and I, so I put aside my Deep Purple podcast shirt and another shirt just to have in, in, in my bag so that I could change when I got there. And then I got there, and of course, I was like, oh, I left them on my parents' kitchen table. So I had an Ian Gillen <laughs> shirt, and I felt a little <laughs> weird about meeting up with Glenn wearing an Ian Gillen shirt. Sure. Um, and a bunch of you mentioned that mentioned that as well. So um, I figured, I, I, I you know, I don't Yeah, want to We did not
3: ally your fears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: You, you did not make me feel better about it. And so uh, so Peter had the idea there was a clothing store right next to the bar. And Peter said, like, let's go to the clothing store. And uh, get you a shirt. But it was a woman's clothing store. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: was it was a vintage store, right? Yeah, yeah. vintage, yeah.
0: Consignment yeah. so. yeah.
4: right. vintage.
0: That's yeah. rock yeah, and roll, yeah.
4: man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's
0: and that's where I learned from Pete that I am short and stubby. <laughs> so we had to find the right shirt for me. Um so so there was a there was one, they said, oh, we have this one men's shirt here and it fit pretty well looked good right it was a sharp looking shirt oh yeah and peter started kind of negotiating with the woman at the counter and how much did she say it was 100 dollars
2: <laughs> <What?
0: laughs> that white shirt yeah 100 dollars oh get on it wow.
4: yeah 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 so that's why we said thank you. So that's we said nice thank shirt. you and
0: then went to the record store. Well, I, I walked down to the record store and the only thing I could find, the only t-shirt I could find that I wouldn't feel like a poser in was like a Rainbow Rising shirt. So I just bought that. That was, was a very cool shirt.
7: Th-
6: yeah. yeah, it was a sweet shirt, man. And
7: then yeah.
0: everyone said, Is that much better than an Ian Gillen shirt? I, was like, <laughs> I don't
6: know. <laughs> well, <I've>, honestly, <laughs> listen, if if it makes you feel better about the the Ian Gillen shirt, I did once wear a Vinnie Vincent shirt. To, uh, to an Ace Fraley meet and greet. Ooh. So, ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. Didn't, didn't think twice <laughs> about it until I was in line.
1: Oh,
6: did he, <laughs> did he say anything? He did not. I don't think he noticed. I don't yeah. think he noticed a lot that night.
1: <laughs> yes. uh, I was going to
3: say, in fairness, he's usually so fried, he probably thought yeah. he was in the band yeah. with Vinny Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or
6: he never or knew that, that was he was him. in the band. Yeah, he may have looked at yeah. the shirt and was like, hey, it's me.
2: Yeah, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, nothing that hard to believe, so
6: that's funny. I don't remember
0: wearing the onk makeup. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so, so we, so we got that and then we, uh, we, we kind of split up and that, and then, uh, well, well, Peter and, uh, Mark and Eddie showed up and, uh, Eddie, what's your, uh, what's your relationship to these guys? Cause they, they said you, you were going to be coming and what, what's your, uh, how do you know these two knuckleheads from Connecticut?
7: Yeah. So, um, actually back in 2008, like I started working at, a the same company that Mark and Pete started working at or had been working at for years. And, uh, you know, hit it off with the guys, you know, we kind of sat in the same cubicle. I, at one point, I know Mark and I sat in the same Google, I think initially. And then later on a few years later, Pete and I were sitting across from each other and, uh, learned a lot from those guys. They're hilarious. Very, uh, very clever, very witty. Uh, I have quite a few stories, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe for another time to share with you guys, but, uh, that's how we, that's how we hit it off, you know? And, uh, Pete actually like maybe about a week ago, he was like, Hey, I have I scored another ticket or I have another ticket. Um, you want to come to the show? And I was like, yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. It's been a while since I've been able to actually go to any shows, uh, being a you know recent new dad. And, uh, it was great to catch up with, with the guys and, and see Glenn Hughes play. I was like, mind blown, to be honest. I was just like, wow. Awesome. <laughs> So yeah.
0: Did you know much about Glenn or Deep Purple before that,
7: or Deep Purple? Yes, I've always kind of been into Deep Purple. Not as I wouldn't say deep cut. It's like you guys, um, but uh, you know, exposed to Deep Purple through friends and you know friends' dads growing up. Friends' dads. uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Yeah, actually, (laughs) my old college roommate Austin, his dad was like a huge Deep Purple fan, and.
0: yeah, was, was his like name really Anton in- Glaving, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> no. Trying to figure that's out great. who some of our patrons are. No. Uh,
7: actually, <laughs> yeah, Uh Yeah, no, a buddy of mine, his, uh, his last name is Coward, Austin Coward. But I don't remember, like, I guess that's his dad's last name, too. But I just remember him always talking about his dad being really into Deep Purple and, like, the bass in Deep Purple. And so, like, growing up, I was like, yeah, man, I mean, started listening more it in college and like really really enjoyed you know their music i think i kind of was exposed more into like a lot of what people classify as classic rock probably more in like late high school and and then college and really getting into like stuff like black sabbath and and deep purple back then so it was really cool but uh yeah that's so i didn't know much about glenn hughes and you know I, i learned quite a bit from you guys i guess that night and going to see him was just like just wow i can't believe the dude's like in his 70s and still rocking out like that like that i hope that's me you know yeah. what i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i can't even that do it energy, now <laughs> the the vocals like yeah i know right i mean it was really impressive
0: nice well yeah this, this is our people deep purple black sabbath we're we're loving it we're glad that we uh we're glad that uh Pete talked to you about, about coming over. So, um, yeah, me too. <laughs> so at this point we split up and, uh, Steve was, Steve was, was joining us a little bit later. Um, but we, uh, we went to the club and we got in like two separate lines and we went through like the immense security <laughs> of getting into this club, Yeah, <laughs> which was, it was like much more so than TSA, I think.
2: Yeah. It was very, very unusual because it, it was like, um, they, um, when we, you know, we were waiting around for a little while, and there was probably, I think there were like maybe like a dozen people outside waiting to get yeah, in. Yeah, like twelve, VIP. fifteen, something like that. Yeah, and so we went in. They um they wouldn't let you. What wouldn't they let you bring in?
0: They well, I had a bag, and and yeah. they wouldn't let me bring it in because I had water in
3: it.
2: Okay, right, and then and then I came in, and they wouldn't let they would let me bring my sharpies in to sign the albums. So yeah. that,
3: wor- that worked out. Yep. <laughs> we'll get to that. Mm.
2: So, so we had parked at, uh, mm. a lot that was like, literally like, right. Like you could see my car from the entrance of the, the palladium, which was great because Nate, Nate went running back to my car. I gave, yeah, it was so close. Thank God. And you like threw your bag in there and then you came back and then we passed each other. Like, Give me the keys. I got to put my sharpies in there. <laughs> and so it was like, it was, that was kind of like the three stooges. But then we, uh, we wound up getting inside. And, um, you know, waiting around, and we heard a little bit of the sound check, which was very cool.
0: Yeah, in the yeah in the background, we could hear yeah. And I remember, uh, Rich. Yeah, me, was, you, and
2: Rich. Yeah. Which was
0: like somebody was singing. Rich was like, "Is that, I don't know if that's Glenn? Is that Glenn singing?" And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Ah!"
1: <laughs> yep, that's <him. laughs> um,
0: Yeah, they didn't know if there was somebody else testing out the mic. Uh, but yeah, they, so we got to hear, the, hear those couple of soundcheck songs, which was really awesome. A little muffled, obviously, because the doors were closed. But um, And then we got to get in, and we, uh, we were waiting in line. And we were, be, we were right in front of uh, this cool guy, Tristan, from... Um, outside of Montreal Quebec so Tristan mm-hmm. if you're listening hey drop us a line we'd love to stay in touch with you but so we started talking a little bit about um you know he drove he drove down that day I guess just to just by himself just to go meet Glenn Hughes and see the show so it was really cool well,
4: how, how many business them? cars did you drop?
0: Uh-huh, oh, business lot. cards? Well well yeah, Rich in line, Rich was Rich was handing them all out. So he was he like was he mayor. was our marketing guy. Me and me and John are all like shy and Rich is like, Deep Purple Podcast, Deep Purple Podcast, and handing them out to everybody. Um and then there was, yeah, there was a lot in the bathroom. When I went to the bathroom, they were like on the floor,
2: all over the toilet paper dispenser. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> I went in there and I was just like like a like a, a blackjack dealer. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, see yeah. ya. And, yeah, uh,
5: I, I I went into the bathroom. Well, that was at the uh, at the bar. I, I went in and they were all over the place. But it, it was like for just a half a split second, I was like, wow, isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> it <was> deep purple. <laughs> I'd have stuff all over the bathroom. <laughs> Where did they get those piles.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you
0: could have slid just one under the ladies' room door. <laughs> there
2: you go.
3: <laughs> That'll cover.
2: it I could have just walked right in. There was no line. Hey,
1: there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or you could have just got out to the one lady and handed it to her. That's true. <laughs> I would
2: say it was.
0: A, it was. A, I'd say this show had a, a higher percentage of female audience members than like Deep Purple proper did when we went to go see them.
6: Um, I, and part of that too, I'm going to say, might be. Uh, I go. To, I go to a lot of shows at the Palladium, and Worcester actually does tend to pull a pull a significant female audience, much more so than mm-hmm. if you go to see
3: you know, any of the the hard rocker metal bands in Boston. Really. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I just think your judgment was off. There was a lot of long hair and skinny
1: dudes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Could have been that too. Yeah. Um, So yeah, then we were in line and we got to we got to meet Glenn. And the coolest thing uh, was um, when I walked up and said who we were. He he seemed like genuinely. Like no, oh my he, god, it's the guy from was. the Deep Purple podcast. You, you, yeah, you that told, was genuine.
2: You told him, and his his like his jaw dropped. He was like, "Oh, like oh my god!" And I was looking at him. I'm like, he is not acting shocked to see us right now.
1: Like what the fuck is this? Did like, you I give him a, a business card?
2: No.
0: No, he no, we don't. Because he already follows us on social media, so he doesn't really need. He's listened to the show. He doesn't need to probably know about us. So I was like, I'll but save we, my card.
2: But. but we were standing there together, like you know, Nate, me, and then and Rich. But we we're all in the same vicinity. But it was Nate's, you know, time to meet him and get his stuff signed and everything. But he did say that something to the effect of he doesn't follow a lot of Deep Purple uh, related uh, uh, things, but we're one of the ones that he does, which was like really. To
0: hear. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I told him too, I said, please don't act like you're amazed to be meeting us because like we're like literally meeting somebody <laughs> who's been a hero for over 30 years now. So <laughs> let us be the ones that are starstruck. Yeah. Um, but it, he um, not that he was starstruck, but it was just funny. He was like, you know, because we, we've we talked a little bit back and forth. You knew we were going to be at the show. And he even remember, he's like, you guys were at the show. I did in Illinois back in twenty twenty one. And Dazies, I'm like, yeah, wow. Yeah. You remember the show we were at. That, like, wow, that, that actually surprised
2: crazy. me more because, I mean, he's he's got to have like a way more going on than we do. And I mean, it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to remember that was um, I thought was pretty impressive. So. Very cool. Yeah, very and he was cool just
0: very appreciative and said, you know, you guys have been very kind to me over the years, and I appreciate it. I was like, wow, that's really, really cool. Um, so I uh, I got out my, you know, my albums to sign. I had – well, interesting. Well, so let me back up a little bit. So I had ordered three albums to be delivered to John and then three albums to be delivered to me just so we could sign them. And I didn't want to bring my albums, so I brought these over. And had them delivered to my parents' house so I could just like leave them there and they could bring them back and I wouldn't have to lug around these albums. So I, I, my copy of Play Me Out isn't that great. So I got a nice brand new copy of, well not brand new, but a nicer copy of Play Me Out looked great. Opened up, um, the other one was Come Taste the Band, which was like almost in mint condition. I was super excited about that. Then I open up Trapeze, um, You're the Music, We're Just the Band, and it looked Horrible. It said it was very good condition. The al- the album cover looked terrible. In fact, let me um that that I could share on the screen. Um, in that we have so so we had this terrible uh, terrible condition <laughs> copy of You Are the Music We're Just the Band, and I'll share that with you guys. And um, it, the good thing about it is it came already autographed, which I thought was was pretty nice. Um, so you can see that there on my right, parents' uh, ki- kitchen table. <laughs> So it says it just on the top. It says on the, it says Kenny. <laughs> like,
4: <laughs> oh yeah, I brought it to the Kenny Loggins concert yeah, exactly. last week.
0: <laughs> Kenny. So yeah, there it is, Ke- Kenny. <laughs> and and this is this is what qualifies qualifies for a very good cover Ooh. condition. That big ring wear and all that. Um, the vinyl That's itself fun. was beautiful, but it was Kenny. And the guy who shipped it to me was named Kenneth. So. Um, I think this was his copy, and that's how he. he well, made,
3: and it, and he was in the crowd. He just signed above his head.
0: Yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> I was <laughs> way in the back there. But that so that was a little disappointing. I was like, I don't want this this. If even if the quality wasn't great, I would have had him sign it. But I was like, I don't want this album that's sort of sort of signed by Glenn Hughes because it's Kenny as well. Um, so anyway, yeah, I didn't even bring that one, um, and instead I did. Bring uh, play me out. So so he gets out. So this goes back to what John was saying about bringing in Sharpies. They wouldn't let him bring in any Sharpies. So Glenn Hughes grabs a a Sharpie because this is play me out. It's a black, dark album cover. So he breaks out the the gold marker. There's no ink in it. He's ah and he throws it aside, grabs the silver one. There's no ink in it. Ah, and he throws it aside. So you can see <laughs> up in the top left, those two ends where he tried to write my name are the two markers that didn't work meanwhile in john's car there were some pristine silver <laughs> sharpies ready to be and, used yeah
2: one gold one silver that i was not allowed to bring in would have come in really <laughs> handy at that point
0: <laughs> but uh so he grabbed a, a black one and he said well i'm gonna do it post malone style and he and he signed his own face so it looks like he's got a facial tattoo <laughs> which i thought was pretty pretty That's good, good. Yeah. um Yeah. And then I got come taste the band and uh, John also had a mishap with his albums, but he discovered it earlier than I did.
2: Well, you, well, yeah, because I mean, I had had, well, I really wanted um, uh, a trapeze like, um, you know, my copy of, um, of you are, you are the music is that I've had for a while is about as in actually worse condition than the one you just got. So I didn't want that one. So I really wanted Medusa. So got a copy of Medusa recently, which was like really good. Um, I brought, um, and then I wanted burn, which, you know, came in just like yours did, you know, stunk. So I'm like, I wouldn't even keep this in my collection, let alone bring it to him. So, um, put those aside and I had a, a copy of come taste the band, which it's funny, like th- what three of us brought that one, which was, um, <laughs> kind of funny, but that's the one I had for the longest time. And that one is like, you know, really decent condition. And then a copy of the butterfly ball, which I picked up like, you know, it was four or five months ago something like that. And so, um, you know, those are, and I was happy with that. I thought there was a good representation of like the, the seventies, like some of the highlights that I liked him on. So, you know, I had him sign those, you
3: know, it would have been really cool if you had a, a copy of the butterfly ball that yeah. was signed by Roger Glover, um, Mickey Lee Sewell, and then you could get a signed by Glenn Hughes. Wouldn't that be awesome?
0: I was wondering yeah. when that was, good. I was I was I was I admire your restraint from waiting that long to bring that up.
2: Cuz that's what Nate has but yeah. he didn't want to bring it's it behind but
3: me over he there. He didn't want he didn't want to make it that special.
0: Nah, I don't like making things special. Well.
2: <laughs> anyways, um when, Nate, when do you uh, need a
3: box for LPs, I
0: have one in the room over there. Sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> Just fill it to the top with postcards and send it to me.
3: <laughs> oh, that was a dumb thing to say <laughs> yeah, <that was> <laughs> no, good.
2: Oh, Well, get ready, so, Nate Get ready for the yeah. onslaught Pete's, Pete's like, excuse me I gotta go pick up some postcard stamps Be right back
5: Speaking of which uh, we, we we got a picture of it, too Of Pete mailing a right postcard <laughs>
0: yeah, He did, I, I haven't received it yet, though
3: no. <laughs> I, mean, I watched him mail ask, it yeah. Yes,
2: he's faster than he, the
3: U.S. Postal Service. He brought a postcard
2: <laughs> yeah. to mail. Yeah, yeah and is, he uh, mailed it right in front of, of
3: me,
0: so I don't even know what the postcard was or what it said. But soon, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe you didn't
5: get it because he forgot to put postage on it. Ooh,
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: or, or, or that angry guy in Connecticut found it and it had regular postage on it. He's like, oh, what
1: are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just to to wrap up uh, to wrap up my experience before meeting him, he was just like, oh, he goes, so you're Nate and who are you? And I said, John, he goes, oh, Ron. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, John. And it's like, and I have this problem all the time, even when I really enunciate my name, which is really difficult with the Jason, I said, John, he goes, okay, right, Ron. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to sign all my albums to Ron. I don't want to correct him. I don't want to correct him again. And so then when Nate had wrapped up, he came over and he goes, "Oh, and this is John." And he's <laughs> like, "Hey, John!" He's I, like, oh, I was like, "Oh, thank God, John!" Very. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was, I had started to get it in my head that I, I would be okay with this because it would be a funny story, you know. Why are all your Glenn Hughes albums signed to Ron? And I'm like, "Well, you yeah. know." But um, yeah, he was um, he was he really thought nice. I was
3: Ron Jeremy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would not be Ooh. good. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that killed um, the
3: whole. Yeah, the air got sucked out of the room. Yeah, yeah I don't, I, and I don't think you're doing justice to the Ron thing because it it was pretty consistent. Like he'd be talking and be like, "Yeah, man, you know, uh, on the podcast, you and and it was um, Nate and Ron and Rich, right? <laughs> he got my name right every time. <laughs> I get that all the time
0: with me. Everyone when I the, people are like, "What's your name, Nate? Oh, hi, Nick. Like, people call me Nick (laughs) nine times out of ten, and I'm like... And I've studied it over the years. Like, what is it about the way I say Nate that sounds
2: like Nick? Like,
0: I mean, I get it. It's four letters. It starts with the same letter. There's some similar sounds, but... I don't know. I get that all the yeah, time. Yeah, but your,
2: your guys' names, I think, would be harder to mess up. Mine, I think, you know, to give him that, you know, uh, over 50 years of music blaring in his ears. and Yeah, uh, we're at a loud club and all that. I yeah, mean, yeah, everything else. I get my name. But anyways, he, he signed my albums. Really, really nice. Very cool. You know, took pictures with us. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, which don't, was... Um, don't forget
3: Nate. <laughs> Nate, Nate did the... Uh, Nate did the Secret Service move for you though. Right as the pen was coming down on your first autograph, Nate threw himself in front of it and was like, "Ah, uh, it's John. Yeah. It's John." <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Too uh, bad I, did. I that didn't have sure for Pete's.
7: Right. So Thank you, Nate. Pete <laughs> signage. Yeah. <laughs> found one
1: well, so the, oh, there we go a, Magnus. it's a Magnus. Yeah,
0: oh, why oh, it. Boy,
1: oh boy uh, oh well
2: we, we know <laughs> we i can tell i can tell the label
0: yeah i have it blurred out because i want to make sure if we show their stuff that they're paying for a sponsorship <laughs> I, you know. yeah i don't allow okay. i don't
2: allow any uh, free pl- product placement um so uh then after me was uh rich's turn meeting glenn
3: nice guy I passed along one of the guitar picks from my nephew that I've done uh, a few times, and I think we talked about it when we went to Jersey.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so he was very uh, receptive to that. We got a nice picture, thanks, Nate, of yep. that, and my sister was very appreciative to see that and know that the picks got into somebody else's hands. And the best part of that was after I told him the story, he said, "Oh, can I have another one that I can oh, pass wow. along? That I can pass along?" Which I thought was pretty nice. Oh wow, you didn't? Um, I don't
0: think you told us that
3: yeah so i pulled out a second one and and so that'll go somewhere he said that uh i believe he said his wife collects the pics that he gets from people in a jar and everything and so he wanted another one that he could that he could have um so yeah that was that was a really nice moment and um as i slid the things toward him i had seen that he wrote nate on nates and john on john's and because um peter the Gardo was not going to be there with us. I offered to get his album signed. I had a few CD covers with me that I was going to get signed. Nothing too special. Um, but um, you know, he gave me his copy of come taste the band to be signed. So as I slid it towards Glenn, I made sure to say, This is for a friend, so don't write rich. But before the words could get all the way out of my mouth, he had already written down rich. And he wrote rich, and then he looked at me, and he said, what was that? (laughs) And I said, "Uh, a little too late. That's okay. I said, any chance you could add an apostrophe S? And then, um, you know, Rich's friend... Peter. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> and so that's what he did. I love <laughs> it. So,
4: so those of you uh, watching on channel 18, there,
3: there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So. And then when when we when we presented it to Peter, I do believe that he changed my name from Rich Young Wee Shaylor. To uh, rich douchebag,
1: <laughs> <Or no, laughs>
3: uh, it might have, just, it might have just been douche. I just <laughs> <line>. You
1: douche. <laughs> he
0: had, had a few drinks I, at that point, so I,
3: I yeah. told my wife. I told my wife that story. She's like, "Oh, that's so something you would do." I'm like, no, it's, a, it's something I've done. <laughs> yeah. I said it's something I've done, but I didn't do it to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
2: But yeah, I, I knew you're really not trying. If, to, if anybody would like that, I knew that Gardot would, and he got such a kick out of it when we showed him after the show. <laughs> that
3: was great. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I I, that's like way better than a, a regular, story. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gives my um, not Gillen autograph a run for its money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: so yeah, so uh, that was the kind of meet and greet. I'm trying. I'm looking through my my uh, makeshift notes here. Um, yeah, and then we got there. So we had uh, mezzanine seats, right? Yep. And we got there, and so uh, so we said, "Oh, we're we're there were stairs going up, and then there's stairs going down." I we said, "We we got mezzanine seats," and the, they said, "Oh, yeah, it's uh, right down this way." And I said, I- do you know what a mezzanine is (laughs) she's
2: leading us to the floor which had like a row of like what like a like a dozen rows back there wasn't a lot it wasn't big
0: yeah 10 or 12 rows of seats and uh she said oh yeah well we're not opening the mezzanine tonight so we they had literally literally taking tape and and put it on the floor and written like mez a (laughs) mez b or whatever to 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 like coordinate with where those seats were from upstairs we we're going to be going. And then they put us, it was like, I think it was like in the last, Oh yeah. It was in the last row. Right. But yeah. it was still like, I mean, what? 30 feet from the stage.
2: Yeah. Very right. close.
0: Um, so we're like, wow, this is great. And then we went into the bar and we got some stuff. And I, um, and then I think that's when yeah, uh and, and Gardo and Eddie showed up. And then yeah, when we, we went back for, we had, for a while, so. we had to show them the tickets again. And then they said, Oh yeah, it's right this way. And they led us like way up to the front. And like the the second and third rows, basically. Um, and and then, of course, I said, oh, no, we were supposed to be back there. And Rich is like, shut up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, in the meantime, I'm up at the bar getting another drink and it was, you know, it was taking a little while. So I came back and you guys had gone ahead of me. So it had been like five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. So I went back and I, I like looked at the back row and I'm like all different people. And I'm like, these are my friends. And I start looking around and I'm like, so the girl that was showed us our seats before she goes, "Uh, can I help you with something? I said, where'd my friends go? And she goes, oh, they're up there. And then I see Nate like in the friggin' second row. And I'm like, how the hell did we get up there? And so I went up there. And so me and Nate were in the second row. And then the rest of you guys were in the third. Um, So we're way closer than you know, I thought it would be, I thought it'd be seeing the show from like the balcony. So yeah, I know was it was like, which
0: is kind of like what we were for like dead daisies. But, um, yeah. yeah. And then, and then rich, rich said like, um, you know, Oh, do you, you know, you, you guys get the good seats. I'll sit back here. And I was like, good seats. I think they're either way, we're pretty good. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. And then, you know, the whole front row in front of us said reserved for somebody. They never showed
3: up. The, the Bach. Ba- Ernie Bach. The Bach. <laughs> yeah. No, that's park. the guy who owns like every single uh, car dealership on the face mm. of the earth. In oh, this area. That who ah, yeah. oh, and he was so, he also had a band for a while called Ernie and the, uh, yeah. Ah, Bach. He his of showed <laughs> they,
7: up for Inzay though. It, I, think I think they, they did up some like, of them, but yeah.
3: he. Uh, so he had that band Ernie and the Automatics for a while with a couple of guys from Boston, Sebastian and Barry Goudreau, and you know, some guys from RTZ, and they actually opened up for Deep Purple uh, for a couple shows in the area. So I was actually kind of hoping to show up because he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, didn't you buy your car
0: from him? Like, recently? not a bad
3: friend to have. Yes, I did, yeah. and then I could have told him he could sponsor the the you know on my truck making noise. That could be his sponsorship <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but yeah it was yeah, so basically it was front row there was nobody in front of us um it was yeah. it, it was awesome and, and even uh, later
2: on when there were people in front of us it wasn't even no it wasn't really anything. well no they well. went up
0: they went right to the front of the stage and were just yeah, kind of like standing up there and... was
2: no obstruction at all it was it was wonderful so the
0: um the set list Uh, They started with Stormbringer, which is pretty typical for Glenn. Mm -hmm. What what did you guys think of that uh, performance?
3: Face, man, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, that they were so good. That that band was. Um, I know we had talked about it prior to going to the show. At least Nate and I did. And I was unimpressed with the drummer on a couple of the clips I had listened to. Um, and I was like, oh boy, it's gonna, you know, kind of be like the last time I saw this Purple show. The, you know, the band wasn't really up to snuff. Um, but I take all of that back. It must have just been the recording because yeah, yeah. Uh, he was great. I mean, he really played it well. He had a good swing to him. Um, the keyboard player was great. Then um, yep. Sorensen is a great guitar player on mm-hmm. any day, but definitely plays that stuff well. I wish I could have heard him a little better I, sitting where I was sitting. I got a whole lot of Glenn, which is fine, but I didn't really get the rest of the band as much.
0: Yeah, it's funny you said that because I, di- I didn't, I mean, we were sitting very close to each other but like I I could hear the guitar very clearly maybe well, you, were that, sitting, you were sitting right in front of his amp that, that is true yeah <laughs> but you were but only sitting like, the mix like is
3: pretty... 10 feet to
2: left <laughs> I don't know yeah, maybe the, mix the way I thought that was, was pretty good
1: yeah
7: it was a yeah I could hear the guitar fairly well with the, with the bass everything seemed pretty like balanced the drummer was like rocking though. he like I was definitely impressed with everything the drummer was doing the energy the keyboardist was kind of grooving sometimes I felt like it was a little hard to hear some of what the keyboards was doing, but like for the most part, the mix was pretty balanced.
3: He just seemed stoned to me. I mean, he was great, but he just looked like he was completely stoned.
2: He was
0: very like, uh, he had the, kind of like a poker face on.
2: Well, there was one thing about his, um, I mean, I know we're just starting off, but one, one thing that I noticed was is that um, in, in other shows, like clips that I'd seen on his social media, like before and after, he didn't have his banner hanging in the background like his you know the 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 tie-dye you know with his face you know from the 70s and everything he didn't have a stage backdrop um and I kind of wish that the band had a more unified look because like you know Glenn and and and, uh Sorensen were all decked out and then the other two guys were just like dressed in sports jerseys which I thought was really (laughs) like unusual, but I mean, mean, they were like Boston area sports jerseys, but still, it's like you have two of the guys that look like rock stars and the other two look like they, you know, rolled out of bed from their college dorm and they're like, yeah, let's play a gig with Glenn.
1: The
4: keyboard player had a Larry Bird um, jersey on, but he, he looked more like Greg Kite. If you remember Greg Kite from the 87, 86 Celtics yeah <laughs> and the and, and the drummer had a had a patriots shirt on so they could yeah, probably use them this weekend yeah.
0: and
6: uh, you know yeah, there's, so- there's no there's no easier way to pander to the right. to the new england audience <laughs> yeah. than to slap the celtics jersey on the one i loved was last month when guns N' roses was was plastering their social with the uh with the celta the, the their logo with the celtics jersey on it for the fenway show mm. yeah so yeah which <laughs> Right. <laughs> nice branding. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah.
0: Like, it's like when John and I went to go see Jimmy Vaughn many years ago, and he said, oh, this is a song about a woman from North Attleboro. And John said,
1: <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he yelled at the audience. Yeah.
0: <laughs> pandering. But um, yeah, mm. so Ash Sheehan was the drummer who I, I believe is British. Um, and then Ed Roth. I'm not sure where he, Ed Roth on keyboards. It looks like he kind of came into the, like, he had another keyboardist playing with him in Europe, from what I can tell. Uh, Ed Roth's got a bunch of social media stuff. I'll put the links in the show notes. But, yeah, I was I was really impressed with both of them. Like, Ed Sheehan's, uh, or, um, I'm sorry, Ash Sheehan's style was uh, very, very limited set, which I really liked. Very minimalist. I think it was, like, a, mm-hmm. a four-piece, um, but really, really, really played it well and did some really cool stuff. And Ed Roth was, you know, he didn't have the Hammond set up, but he had like a great organ sound and he did a lot of stuff on the electric piano, which I thought worked really, really well.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Just to touch on what John was saying about the banner. I think that's a direct result of uh, Mr. Ingve Malmsteen because I also noticed that they weren't allowed to use whole sections of the lighting rig. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drummer was basically in darkness through the whole show. Oh, really? Um, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at any of the video, yeah. he was basically in darkness for the whole show. Uh, they were That's just true. sort of using some of the front-facing lights on Glenn, um, but they were only using about a probably a quarter of what they used when Yngwie came out, mm. um, you know, and none of the effects. I'm sure that that was, you know, his doing of, you know, nope. you know, I have my banner, you know, or my, my Marshall stack set up, mm-hmm. and... You know, you use the lighting, you can use this portion of the stage, you know, his, his usual shenanigans.
0: Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds, yeah, it sounds believable, but it's all also sounds like.
5: <laughs> so, so maybe this is a, a time to bring this up too. Uh, there was a discussion on the discord, whether were they actually swapping in terms of opening versus a uh, closing act or was it always Inve closing? from people that have that have gone anyway that we know
0: as far as I can tell from all the people I've seen that have seen various shows it seems like Glenn has been opening and, and in some cases there was an opening band and then Glenn and then Ingve. but it seems like at mm-hmm. least in the States like maybe for the European portion it was different it was more alternating but it seems like it was mostly Glenn having kind of a shorter I say shorter it was still about an hour and a half but like an eight song set yeah okay as best I could yeah,
3: tell. Yeah, it's all I've heard. Anything I've checked, that's what it was.
6: Yeah, and looking at the set lists, both of them have been playing pretty much the same set the entire U.S. tour, so it wouldn't make any any sense for Invade to just be doing a longer set up front. Yeah. Yep. That was a set? <laughs> <laughs> one, one very long
3: song. <laughs> so I, I actually we'll took to a picture we'll of his <laughs> set list. I took a picture of that set list compared to Glenn's. Blends fit on about half a page, and then he is like three sheets of paper. Like <laughs>
1: with, the with, difference you know, being, point, you could tell point one yeah. spacing, yeah. but you could tell
3: one song from another with Glenn at least.
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, time
3: just... <laughs> the music stopped, and he put his hand to his ear. That's when the next song started. <laughs> we get ahead of ourselves. Yes, yeah.
4: yes, we're good.
0: Getting...
3: So, so Nate, do you have any audio from
4: from the show? Are we gonna share it, or are we gonna?
0: I do. I might just like kind of edit it into the episode. Um, okay. But I do. Have, right, yeah. I do have some good audio from the Glenn Hughes uh, okay. segment and and the Inge segment. Um, but uh, yeah, there was no the set list hadn't been put into a setlist.fm, and then I went back like. Uh, today maybe, and like half the songs have been just kind of thrown in there. So I just rounded it out and put the actual full set list in there. So started with Stormbringer. Second up was uh, might just take your life, mm. uh, which was uh, uh, I think they did a really great job on that one. Um, and he, yeah, and he, I really enjoyed
3: that one. Yeah,
0: one of one of my favorites. Yep, great organ sound on it. You know, you did like I wasn't really thinking about it, but you know the fact that he didn't have a Hammond, you couldn't. Really notice he was he was he was emulating all those sounds very well. Um, then went with "Sail Away." Really good version of "Sail Away," I thought.
3: Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Guitar was really heavy on that
3: one. Yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, he did yeah. a nice job on that solo too.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, then "Mistreated," uh, which didn't like. He does a long version of "Mistreated," but yeah, I know you guys had talked about, or John in particular talked about being worried about "Mistreated." But what did, what did you think of the the song?
2: Well, I thought it was good because, uh, and this time because I, I remember the last time I saw him, which was, um, which was uh, five years ago, was um, um, when they did it. it he like uh, the, the whoever the guitar player was, he he like he cut it off. He was just like ba da, nah, nah, you know, and it's like, mm, no, you gotta you gotta extend it, you know. So you don't have to play it like Richie, but I mean, play it right. You know, and um, and this guy, like, he, he wailed on it. He did, like, the trim picking at the beginning, you know, like, um, you know, similar to what, what, what Richie would do. And he, like, really let those notes ring out when he was, like, playing it, which is how I think it should be played. So, I mean, I think that this version uh, was really, really good because I was telling you before, like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this because I thought that maybe they'd be taking some liberties with it which they actually did during the solo breakdown, but like you said, with the electric piano kind of filling mm-hmm. in kind of the, the ambiance in the background, which I actually really liked. I thought that it added something new to the song without kind of ruining it, you know, or, or changing it. It was like, yeah, this is, this is cool. You know, this is a really good vibe for this song. So I was happy with the, um, his version
1: of Mistreated.
0: It sounded great, yeah, and so you and know, Soren Anderson was. I mean, I've heard some of his stuff playing, like with yeah. Glenn in particular. But uh, he, he he was he was awesome. I thought he really captured a lot of the Richie parts really, really well. Um, and but but had his own style as well. He's just a really, really solid player.
4: And I, th- I think Glenn Hughes didn't overplay either. He was subdued. You know, he he hit all the notes. But it wasn't, um, you know, like a lot of doing-doing, you
3: know. Well, what he lacked in doing-doing on the bass, he more than made up for with the vocal masturbation. (laughs) 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 I mean, I love the guy, and I'm blown away that he sings the way he does at any age, let alone saying that he's always in his 70s now. But, God, man, just because he can sing all those notes doesn't mean you have to put them in every song. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's just it's too much, in my opinion. Um, it was even worse later in the show, I, I, I felt, but it just got too much on that song for me. I'd enjoy it much more if he just did it here and there.
0: Oh, he did a great vocal breakdown, which I'm not going to even attempt to emulate. (laughs) That I, I, for some (laughs) reason. No, no,
3: please. I need a new ringtone.
0: (laughs) 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 No, Um, but he did this great, like, little. For some reason, I took my for the only video I took of the whole Glenn set was that one little segment where he does that little vocal. And I think it was at the very end of the song. Yeah. And um, I posted that on YouTube and uh, just like just really, really impressive. And uh, yeah, I took a lot more videos of Ingve. We'll get to that
5: later. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, for somebody I had never seen Glenn Hughes before, and and I thought, you know, obviously, yeah, you know, he he was uh, you know riffing the end of that song, but it was just uh, it it was it really blew me away. That was like you know said to me, man, this guy's still got got the pipes and the chops to mm-hmm. to be doing what he's doing the other thing to it is just a general comment uh I I really got the sense that he was enjoying himself mm-hmm. that he was grateful to be up there grateful to be mm-hmm. still you know touring and
6: drawing an audience but that was just my feeling yeah you know, I, like I would almost second, right off the bat yeah, I, yeah I would second that off. I yeah. I felt like um and not to compare to what is to come next but you know especially after the fact when you when you compare what what Glenn was like because we're this is when I came in I came in right after mistreated and I I actually I thought I had missed everything because just the way he was talking to the audience and the way you know, he was really you know, it, it kind of diving into his gratitude and how happy he was to be there. I thought it was the end. Oh, no. I thought he was wrapping up. But, <laughs> oh, you know, man. I mean, if there are three takeaways from Glenn's set, it's he loves us all. <laughs> he's happy to be here and he'll be back in February, you know, and you know, he, he I kind of I, kinda, I oh, loved how he was hitting it You know, between every song. It, I get the same sense immediately was this is a guy who loves what he's doing and he's just really happy to be here.
3: So during the meet and greet, he uh, told me <laughs> that he couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> he, don't tell anybody this, you know, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I think we're going to be coming back again next year. Then he gets up on stage and <laughs> says it like 50 <laughs> times. Like,
1: yeah, it's pretty, a- pretty sure you can mention that now. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Mark your
2: calendars. I'll be. It. <laughs> it's like, Nate, but, keep it a secret for about 30 minutes.
3: Okay. Right?
1: Yeah, no, our- I
3: will, But I will say this is that um, another thing he said backstage, and maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into it, but he said, this tour has done exactly what we wanted it to do Mm -hmm. and I couldn't be happier. And I think that's part of what we are seeing is that he's so happy that he was, and my guess is what they wanted it to do was kind of reestablish the fact that he can put people in a building um, Mm -hmm. with just Glenn Hughes Mm -hmm. because the reception he got from the crowd, even though there was maybe, you know, a lot of Ingve fans there specifically there for Yngwie um, that he clearly won that crowd right over. I mm-hmm. mean, he had him. You know, as soon as he said get on their feet, everyone was on their feet and didn't sit down for the whole show. Yep. Um, and I think that's what he was talking about when he said it, it's doing what we wanted to. And I think that's why he was showing that gratitude and happiness from the stage because he just he saw that people really, really were enjoying what he was doing. I mean, how could you not? Even if you didn't know him or like him or even know any of the songs he did. Just from a musical standpoint, you have to look at it and be like, "Holy crap, that guy is great! What a voice! What you know? What a player!"
4: Oh, 100%. I hope. He, I, I I was hoping we'd come back in December for his Christmas album show. Oh,
0: that, uh, that would be great! <laughs> like a, a Christmas, like a Christmas show. That would be awesome. A soulful Christmas, front to back. Wait till, wait till
3: Pete gets his signed copy of that for his Christmas present.
4: His <laughs> <laughs> friend.
3: No, that one we got. Nate, John, and Rich's friend. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's Santa's little helper. That (laughs) that album's (laughs) selling for like
1: three hundred dollars, unsigned. So that would be quite a quite a find. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, there
3: is only one available. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, so Eddie,
5: you know, just if you want to chime in, like you you had, you weren't familiar with
7: Glenn Hughes. So, what did you think? I mean, yeah, I mean. he blew my mind. I, I guess I'd have to disagree with rich on the whole vocal masturbation thing. Cause like for me, I think I thought like it, it, he, it was well balanced. Like he was doing some things. He was showcasing his vocals and he nailed everything. I didn't feel like he was overdoing anything in the least. Um, maybe cause he, he just put out a really good energy to the people. He was like feeding off of that. And I just, you know I was really into his, his show and it just really impressed me. Like both his, his bass playing, his, his energy, his enthusiasm, you know, it wasn't like a drag. It was just really cool. And, and I really enjoyed just watching. even though like the drummer was like, it was like really dark. it's hard to see the drummer, like watching him play. And just like his energy in there. And it was, it just sounded really tight. They sounded really tight together. It sounded really good.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. But yeah, um, man, that
6: guy rocks. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I feel like, um, I can't deny the vocal masturbation, but at the same time, I have that kind of feeling of, I got what I paid for, yeah. You know, because <laughs> uh you know, my, you know, the, for a long, for the longest time, the only, uh, the only deep purple albums I owned, I, I worked at a, a radio station uh, in college at BU and um, which was great for, you know, pillaging things that were sent to us from the record company. <laughs> so I was working for the, uh, the radio station when metal blade reissued, uh, Stormbringer, come taste the band and made in Europe. So up until maybe 10 years ago, those were the only deep purple albums I owned. So for me, deep purple was David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes. So, you know, coming into this and having the set list, I don't want to, I'm not going to ruin what's coming next, but having the set list be primarily from, you know, the albums that I knew, um, I feel like to some extent, you yeah, seeing him live uh, meant more than seeing Deep Purple live for the first time, in, in which I still have not. Um, but uh, but yeah, he was definitely over the top. No question. There was only one part that we'll get to eventually that I was like, eh, maybe not that. But um, but no, I felt like I, I got what I I got what I wanted.
4: Wasn't that you yelling "Speed King" from the back? King King! <laughs> <I> <laughs>
6: thought
1: that, that was, was somebody. <laughs> <and Pete. laughs> I thought that was me. Actually,
2: I yelled, think we're... yell "Speed King." Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if you guys got a chance to listen to the
0: audio I sent, but you can definitely distinctly hear "Speed King" being yelled at a couple times. <laughs> <of points. laughs> uh, there,
5: there was no way we were not gonna. No, I mean, how, <laughs> how do you King. not? Um,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, it's interesting, and, and what Glenn Hughes said you know, during the show was very true. He, at one point, I forget when he said, you know, this is the only place you're going to hear this, you know, this, this, this thin Mm -hmm. slice of Deep Purple history is, is he's the only one that's really around to do it. There's Mm -hmm. no one else. You know, Richie's not going to bust out any of these songs and, you know, John Lord's passed on and, you know, the rest of the guys are, are wherever. And, you know, Coverdale's hasn't played in a while. So this is the only place you're getting this particular, um experience and it was awesome. Yeah. Um
4: so he- I I've only seen Deep Purple three times and it's been with John every time.
1: <laughs> God, <pretty> awesome,
4: yeah. <laughs> and uh but I, I made the mistake of telling Rich on the way out, I said, boy, that's the best Deep Purple concert I've ever been to. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: oh boy! and that's why your album got signed the way it did <laughs> <laughs> that's funny
5: so I've been to three Deep Purple concerts and two of them were with uh, John one with Nate and one with Rich although we didn't know each other back then so All we I <laughs> saw Deep Purple in, uh. in Worcester in, in uh, what was that 85 yeah Nice. yeah yeah and we, we were both and you said that was your first concert right that was my first concert ever yeah 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 so a little little homecoming i don't think i had been in worcester since then to be honest uh, <laughs> i i applied yeah, to I worcester all... Polytech when i was uh, applying for college and uh, i got in but i couldn't afford it so <laughs> <laughs> so
0: wasn't rich at the cause... show at the foxwood show that you yeah. guys were at too but you just didn't know him yet
3: yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Rich yeah, exactly. was at that oh, one too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, oh, and, one. and we went to the Jersey show together. So we've been to, That's, we've, that's we've Oh, a fair about that of shows too. Together. Yeah, yeah.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right.
1: Yeah. Actually, yeah.
3: if you've ever been to a Deep Purple concert within, uh, well, almost within anywhere in New England in the last 30 years, you were at it with me. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> wow,
1: okay. I, think, I think I'm somewhere,
3: I think I'm somewhere around 80 or 90 Deep Purple concerts at this point. Nice. Wow.
0: So after this, he goes into getting tighter and he kind of had a long, uh, you know, uh, talk about Tommy Bolin beforehand. And, you know, uh, I forgot exactly how he worded it, but, you know, just trying to keep his spirit alive and all that sort of stuff. And then they went right into getting tighter. what
6: would you guys think
3: of that one? I
6: thought didn't he talk about Tommy before you keep on moving?
3: Uh, I thought it was getting tighter. It was, because he said it was, because he said it's the only one they wrote together.
0: Oh, yeah, it's the only one him yeah. and Tommy wrote together. But yeah, yeah before you great. keep on moving, you talked about him and Coverdale wrote that together, because I know they wrote it for Burn and Richie, no like, he no like. So they <laughs> saved it until he was out of the band.
4: Well, that's that's one thing that uh, Glenn did say. He says, this is the song I've done at every show um, since I've, I've been performing. Like, that's like, right. believe he said that. Yeah. yeah,
0: Which I don't know if he meant like just the Glenn Hughes shows or whatever, because I know they didn't play it at the Dead Daisies show. Um, yeah, but,
2: yeah.
3: Um, I think he means any of his solo yeah,
2: shows. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah, yeah, But, I but I mean, it was you,
0: know, was, you know, that's a that's a favorite of mine. So I really, yeah. I mean, that's it.
2: that's a uh, that's a deep cut if there ever was one. I mean, anybody that's a uh, um, a, a Mark IV fan, uh, you know, that's that's a real treat live, especially. Uh, like loving that song. Like we always said. well, anything off that album, really. I mean, anything off Come Taste the Band is going to be a deep cut. So uh, really, if you think about it, so just, you know, I remember the first time that he did that, I was just like, oh my God, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, this is a track list in band. But yeah, that's, um, yeah, they did a great, great version of it.
0: And a a long um, instrumental break in the middle, and that's where the keyboardist I think for the second time really did like some like like really like mm-hmm. mellow electric piano and it just sounded awesome yeah
6: yeah and at this point I was uh, I was just feeling very relieved too because I love that I could miss the entire first half of the set and still get about 40 45 minutes yeah, you know in yep. the second half that you know it was great
0: yeah and I was I was chatting with our with our Esteemed patron Ovis Nagvi, and um, you know we we have a, a WhatsApp chat going where we're, we're just basically talking all day every day. And um, I was telling him before the show that oh no, people are saying he's only doing eight songs, and um, I'm really worried about you know like oh man, I thought it was gonna be a longer set, and I was just you know I was feeling. You know, just a little like disappointed, and he just like really pfft, just smacked me into shape, and like and started busting my balls about it, about. It. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. is the 72 year old guy uh, who still sings like better than anyone on the planet. Uh, you know, only doing 90 minute set for you, and then I was like, all right, all right, I get it. <laughs> and he said, I said, trust me. He's like, it's gonna be an awesome show and everything, and it's like it couldn't have been more right because it didn't it didn't feel like a short set watching it because on paper. Yeah. Yeah, it's eight songs, but they put so many cool jams and breakdowns and everything into it that it was really felt full and, and, and full of life.
2: Well, actually, after the last show that I saw, that that first one, which I can go back to, as I want to say something about it later, was I still have the... Um, I saved the... You know, the set list from it, he only cut out two songs, but he did all the same songs almost in the same order as he did. The only ones he didn't do was You Fool No One, which I would have loved to have hear, heard the other night, mm-hmm. and um, Smoke on the Water, which I'm fine with. Yeah.
4: <laughs> wow, we heard it later. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> heard it later. We, we heard it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, really, so,
2: really, he only <laughs> cut out two songs, and one of them was a Mark III song. So, it's like that was really the only thing that we missed out on. And I mean, between. Between that and Mistreated, like, getting, you know, getting one of those is like a toss-up. I'm glad we got one of them, but I would have loved You Fumo one. Um, yeah,
4: that's a great song. That's a really good song.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, that's really, so, I mean, he really, like, his set, I, I guess, wasn't as short as I initially thought it was. It was really two songs shorter. Well, actually, the... Um, uh, he didn't do that at Georgia on my mind either, which he did at the previous oh, show. Oh, thank goodness. But that
1: was that part was of really Im- on the
2: Water, right? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was really that was really impressive the last time I saw him just because, um, you know, when you, when you talk about him going off on all the vocal runs and everything, I mean, it was really condensed from the last time. I'm glad I saw it before, but I'm glad I didn't have to, you know, uh, see it a second time because it might have been a little bit too much.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? I the really two, appreciate- two times? What? <laughs> <laughs> I said it would have taken two times for it to be too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I'd never seen him live before. So, like, you know, that that was right. that was really, you know, a thrill en- to see it.
3: I enjoyed the the first time too, because I really had to go to the bathroom and that gave me that opportunity.
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah. I, I also I I I gotta say, I I appreciated hearing him talk about Tommy Bolin too and uh it just you know i it i think it really added just to the kind of the sense of likability about glenn and the mm-hmm. just this this warmth that he mm-hmm. brought to the room and to the stage and to the performance because you know I'm, I'm listening to him talk and it it was you know so striking because it's like You know, you never hear Gene or Paul talk about how much they miss Eric Carr, you know, and these are, these are guys who, you know, they, they, they work together, they play together, you know, there's got to be an impact on their lives. And I feel like the only other one we ever hear about, you know, Ozzy will talk about how much he misses Randy Rhodes, but, Mm -hmm. but, you know, a lot of rock stars that have passed away and you never hear directly from the people who worked with them about how much they miss them. So I I found that actually really refreshing.
0: Yeah. And, and the, the whole gratitude thing, too, is, you know, he's very much into that. Obviously, if you follow, mm. ever heard him speak or interview or follow him in, in, on, on social media, but, you know, you just get the impression that here's a guy who's been sober now for whatever, 27 years, 28 years, however long it's been, it's been a long time. And, was really, really in a bad place for a very, very long time, and I think he just really recognizes how lucky he is to still be here. And it, it, he comes across as somebody that just does not take it for granted at all. Um, and I know it's it, it's a it's a hard road and recovering from that sort of thing, and it's an everyday thing. But he just he seems to be somebody who's, um, you know, he, he talks about music, he loves music, and and we've talked about in the show he's he didn't produce a ton of material in the 80s Uh, he did some stuff some great stuff but you know he's somebody who's been making up for lost time now for 30 years and doing a great job of it so Um, okay then went on to you keep on moving Um, what do you guys think of that one
2: the banger yeah. one of my favorites
0: yeah i think it came out really really well and 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 i think the thing we didn't really talk about yet is soren anderson vocally was really filling in a, 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 on those harmonies in a way yeah. that i wasn't really expecting because you know mm-hmm. it i don't want to say it loses something but when when glenn's singing like one of these songs where the harmonies are supposed to be it does feel a little bit sometimes like there's a piece missing um mm. Cause he's only one man, but I think Soren Anderson did an awesome job filling that spot in. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Yeah. It's, I think what helped make that as good as it was that, and uh, they really worked that slow build, which I enjoy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Then um, I guess it was, I guess it was almost kind of like a mini encore, but I don't think they ever, did they leave the stage after that or for like a, a the
4: 32nd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's when Michael McDonald came up.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Well, it was interesting because the the uh, yeah the roadie or whatever they came out and was unplugging the Glenn stuff. Yeah, you know, and I was like, oh, what's going on with this? Is there no? No encore or, or what have you, and then later I thought oh, they got to make sure they're starting to get rid of the stuff before Ingve comes on. Or yeah, he was he
0: was starting to wrap
6: cables, and I, I thought that yeah. was yeah. gonna be it. He was doing it really yeah. fast.
0: Yeah, yeah I was like yeah, Ingve does not like to wait to get on stage. What's going
3: on? The the guys get to off my stage. <laughs> guys to my left were losing their minds. They're like,
0: no
1: burn! No burn! Oh. <laughs> like, Come on, man. Have you
0: ever been to a show before? <laughs> oh, man.
1: <laughs> Speed King!
0: <laughs> but then it was, uh, yeah, so Rich pointed out it was Jimmy Glenn's manager who got on base at that point, and then they did Highway Star. Um, And then what did, you, what did you guys think, particularly of the opening of Highway Star?
2: Oh, man. Yeah. I mean... I mean, we yeah, we had our thoughts about that, which we can, you know, I'd say the one thing that I think we all talked about that we agreed that we liked was is like that the opening like vocal uh, going into the first verse, like he, like he hit a high note that I don't even know that Gillen hit like in, in like live, like in his prime, like he was, <laughs> I mean, it was like sounded just like the record.
3: yeah it was I mean, it almost yeah. sounded like they played a sample. I like I mean, I was duly duly impressed because sometimes when he does those high screams it has a different um, a different sound to it, like a, mm. a different timbre yep. to it than when you know than when Gillan does something like that or has done something like that. but that time it it was just spot on. Um, yeah, which yeah. unfortunately, that was the highlight for me because then it drastically went downhill <laughs> after that for me. I thought it was way too slow um it, it just dragged for me i mean the solos were fine they were good and the performance were all good but yeah, it was good. just the fact that it was so slow just bummed me out did they yeah, do I, highway
4: I, did, did they do highway star at the uh california jam
3: was that yeah. one of the songs yeah, that they think
0: did yeah I so yeah yeah they did well wait yeah, no okay. did they or did they
3: do just smoke on the water i America? honestly don't know yeah well i know that they, they did like i don't more, think they missed any one opportunity, one opportunity so. to like, say big fat you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You
4: know, so if you want to consider Highway Star for him to be a cover, the, the best cover yeah. I've ever heard of Highway Star was Chickenfoot. Oh, Yeah, did, yeah. very yeah. good.
0: No, they didn't yeah. do it at uh, the California gym. They did Smoke in the Water and Space Truckin'." Mm. Okay. 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 Uh, okay.
2: But but the, I mean, that I,
4: chicken Foot version is, you know, yeah. Is, yeah. is 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 great because Joe Satriani's, you know, does it. But I I I, I was comparing the two of them and uh and uh the Michael Anthony I know I'm talking about chicken foot now, but the Michael Anthony harmonies on that are, are fantastic. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's it, it kind of reminded me of a, like a Coverdale Hughes type of of of, of thing with the uh, yeah. of course Van Hal or Van Hagar whatever
3: So
0: Van Satriani.
1: yeah he actually does <laughs> do a, he,
3: uh, Hughes does do a version of it on that Remachined. I think that was the name of the album. Yep. it was like a covers album mm-hmm. and he did it. it was him Bonamassa No. That was lazy. Was, uh, no, Steve I? No. Or was it was Satriani. No, it was Satriani. Was I it? think it was him, Satriani. Um uh but it's
0: God also Chickenfoot's on that one too. Chickenfoot's on but, that
3: one with, with Yeah, radar. they're both they, so they, yeah, but so then, they think they
0: But then Hughes is on it too, with maybe Chad Smith and
3: okay. Yeah, who's I, the who's guitar the, player slipped in my mind and the keyboard player.
0: Yeah, I can't I, think of it.
3: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. I agree with with Rich
6: on on the uh kind of downhill yeah, trajectory. I sorry. mean the the the, you know, the beginning of it. That's it's like Glenn Hughes's Troy McClure moment from Simpsons. It's the role I was born to play. You know, that <laughs> yeah. that build is uh, oh, is him to a T, but but after that I I had alluded to the point that there was uh, the vocal histrionics, there was one point that just didn't do it for me. I didn't love singing along with the, the guitar solo.
2: Oh, oh mm. yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah.
2: Well, I mean, that's why I prefer that he wouldn't do any Mark two stuff anyways. I mean, it's just like, you know, we're there to see you do, you know, Mark's three and four. So just stick to those. Yeah. Like, Although he doesn't I, need to do highway star smoke on the water, any of that stuff.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I,
7: didn't,
5: I didn't think it was so bad. I was kind of sitting there listening and it's like, okay, you know, uh, this is a song I recognize and he's, they're kind of doing
4: it. Yeah. You know, the way they're doing it. You like that Michael McDonald was there. That's what you (laughs) like. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's like, I would just say like, we could probably agree. It was like, it was fine. You know, so yeah. those yeah. people that are doing yeah. those AI
0: covers of songs, where they they redo the vocals by somebody. Somebody needs to make "Highway Star" sung by Michael McDonald. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 the, opening. the opening would be great. <laughs> I think so it'd probably Rich. be
3: more of like a whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
5: like the car's Rich, going through the, the Lincoln Tunnel or something.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I remember when we went to Florida, Rich, I, 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 I can't remember if it was you or if it was Roger or both of you or you told us after, I don't remember the the timeline, but you had mentioned, or someone had brought, oh, maybe it was Glenn that was talking about it, that like when they play these special venues and casinos because of comp tickets and blah, 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 there's like certain songs and things in the contract that they have to play and and all this, because if somebody's coming to see a Deep Purple show and they don't play Smoke on the Water, the people that get the comp tickets are going to be upset and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. So I wonder if there's some element there of the Deep Purple name where... Yeah, I don't know that it's like a contractual thing, but it's like, well, I have to play at least like th- either Smoke on the Water or Highway Star or something because there's going to yeah. be somebody in the audience that you know people that are going to be like, I can't believe I saw something labeled as Deep Purple that didn't play X, Y, or Z.
3: So I don't know and if that has even, something to do with it. It good may be both Smoke on the Water and Highway Star, but the fact that Yang Wei is playing Smoke <laughs> on the Water got him off the hook. Yeah, that covers uh, the contract.
0: Maybe. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, we went to go maybe, see Deep Purple and, point.
0: and Yngwie yeah. played... Three minutes of it. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> yeah, <that's> funny. <laughs>
1: um,
0: okay, so then they did um, Burn. So you're the guy Burn. to the side, you mm. must have let out a huge sigh of relief, Rich.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, um, <laughs> well, I didn't think he was going to do it in that second encore. Bang! bang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moon River! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so, yeah, it was great. I mean, we love Burn.
1: Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
4: I, th- I thought it was really good. I liked it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he got his face back from Michael McDonald. <laughs> he stole
0: his face back. Give me that. <laughs>
4: They had to plug them
5: back in or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, burn was burn was really solid. I think they did an mm-hmm. amazing job on that one. And yep. uh, yeah, and then that that was it. That was that was the Glenn Hughes set. Um, I must must say, you know, it, I definitely felt some closure. And John even told Glenn about how we pretty much started the show because we were supposed to meet up for a Glenn Hughes show, and it just we couldn't make it happen. And then we started – we were just talking about Glenn Hughes. I remember I think it was when my wife was in China and we were like – I had all the kids and I was like – it was late one night. I got all the kids to bed and I was watching some like YouTube video. Me and John were like texting each other back and forth. Um, and uh, – or no, we were talking on something stupid like Instagram no, I, or something.
2: It, yeah, what had what happened was – and I and this could just tie up the, you know, the Glenn Hughes portion of the show from my point of view was is, is like the day after um, – you know, or the day or two days after we posted about the show and my Facebook memories five years ago from like the day or two after we all went, I saw Glenn Hughes in Providence on the Classic Deep Purple tour and I, I went by myself because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, <laughs> didn't know any of you guys at the time and I mean, I was barely talking to Nate. I would talk to Nate on and off and we weren't texting. It was through Instagram yeah. because I fol- we followed each other and I was just like, you know, when when I saw that you know i i could see mark three and four songs like live played by glenn hughes i'm like i'm i'm going so um i just thought it was great and of course it made me think of you right away and so i was like sending you you know videos and stuff like that and then since we didn't start the show until like what was it the ne- the next april yeah so we yeah. must have been going back and forth for a little bit and um you know i had um like i had seen that he was coming to like um somewhere like a small club in New York or something. I mean, I'd never been, but I thought that would be a really cool thing to do and to the meet and greet and everything. So I remember reaching out to you and I didn't, you know, I I mean, I knew that you were married, had the kids and everything. No idea like what your situation was and like how easy or difficult it would be for you to get away. I'm like, we should meet up. This should be like the best time to like meet up the first time in like years, see each other, see Husey, New York. And you're just like, you couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, and I was like, um, I really I wanted to but it was like I think it was like literally on my daughter's like fourth birthday or something. You know what, it was I like think so. or third birthday, so I was like, Well, <laughs> not the best timing.
2: Yeah. Um. And so, um, you know, and of course I didn't go into all this backstory, but the condensed version of what I said to to Glenn was is that me seeing him five years ago in Providence is what sparked me and Nate to actually start talking more again and then you coming up with the idea of the show. So really seeing his show kind of like pushed us into doing our show. And then now five years later, you know, I went with all you guys and, you know, had a great time. And as like Gardeau kept saying like, you, I, one of my favorite things you just kept looking around going this is like a family reunion this is like a family reunion <laughs> you're yeah. like so excited and so happy to have all of us together and that's really how i feel about when yeah. we all get together so
4: with, without all the nonsense yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
4: so john you um did you ever see the uh the purple tour didn't you didn't you see uh david I, coverdale with
2: the purple tour no i mean i was i was really happy that he released that album, you know, like him and Hughes really carrying the torch for that era of the band. But I never saw <laughs> that. You never tour. saw that?
4: Yeah. No, I, I did. And and what, how would you compare the, or in,
3: contrast the two of them? There is, there's no comparison. Hughes just absolutely blows it away. And, yeah. and that's, and that's taking Coverdale's vocal issues out of it. Um, you know, clearly, you know, he does very little singing these days. Even when I saw him on that tour, the, you know, the main voices were all as the guys doing the backups, covering for him. But I, it just, I mean, honest, well, I think we all know why I didn't enjoy it. Because Tommy Aldridge has cement <laughs> wrists. See, <laughs> I fit it in.
2: <laughs> Old <laughs> cement wrists. Oh,
3: God. He, I mean, his playing is just so... It's not <laughs> bad, because clearly he can play drums. But it just, it, it lacks the swing and the feel that makes Deep Purple Deep Purple to me. And so i mean i don't i don't know how else to say it other mm. but even like the guy that was playing for glenn the other night you know i mean clearly he doesn't have the clout that a, a tommy Aldridge is does but i'd take him any day of the week playing that stuff because he he captured more of the feel and the soul of that playing so when white snake was doing it was just like a wall of sound mm. and and just like bashing almost um and I, I honestly i didn't really enjoy it at all i mean it, hearing the songs was cool but it, it was just not an enjoyable concert, and of I course, to- most of the people there were pissed that it wasn't just, you know, here yeah. I go again, that yeah. stuff. So
4: mm. yeah. yeah,
3: how was Tommy Aldridge on uh, "Still the Night"? Oh, he plays that stuff great. Okay, <laughs> just like the guy, just like you know, Ainsley Dunbar, um, <laughs> except with far less feel and swing.
1: Um,
3: <laughs>
1: <Rich>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all, honestly, it's it. really all the same to me. It all, it just always all comes across as just. I don't know, but I just I can't stand it. It's the kind of drummer I don't like. Um, I never will like it, um, and I don't see the point to it. Like, you know, I mean, there are guys like uh, Neil Peart, for you know instance, great drummer, phenomenal drummer, doesn't touch me at all because it's all technical. But at least he has feel.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: At, at least I, I think he still has some feel in there. He's technically a great drummer, but Aldridge lacks everything. Sorry, Tommy. Yeah, I did see an done, interview. He seems like an immensely nice human being, and like a actually a really cool guy. But I just I just don't like the drama.
0: Yeah, there's a million musicians like that on YouTube mm-hmm. that are technically just amazing, but like you said, the feels not there, and it's just they're doing something I could never do in a million years. But it's it's just this kind of rote repetition of something they know. And y- you don't get the you know, even when you see the five-year-old play this like shred thing, it's like, they're incredible, but you know, they don't, um, they're not a, they haven't learned to emote yet. That's fine. They're five. <laughs> Hopefully they'll, <laughs> they'll pick that up. But y- y- yeah, there's so many people that can do that stuff that, that just don't have that feel. Like you said, um,
5: that five-year-old's got lead wrists.
0: <laughs> you sounded just like Butthead when you said that. <laughs> um. All right. So I guess we should, uh, if there's anything left about Glenn, maybe we should take a break and thank some patrons and then come back to, uh, uh, come back to the second part of the show. What do you guys think?
5: Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just uh, disappointed we didn't hear "Rock the Boat." (laughs) 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 Then I realized, oh, that's the Hughes (laughs) (laughs) Corporation—totally different group
3: Uh, uh. altogether. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is really because I was waiting for YMCA.
0: (laughs) 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 This is is Glenn Hughes LLP. This is not a corporation.
3: (laughs) Um, I would just like to say how happy I was that I scored uh, Glenn's set list.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh, that yeah, that, hey, yeah,
3: yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to score cool. uh, the set list for the show, um, and Glenn specifically. Um, you know that he stepped on it, I'll never watch it. Um, <laughs> and uh, and a bonus guitar pick to go with it.
0: Was, that's very right, nice. was that nice. Soren Anderson's guitar pick or
3: no, it was Glenn's.
0: Oh, it was Glenn's. Nice. Oh, there you go. There's there's Rich showing off. He's yeah. got the Good.
3: the pick <laughs> and, and that the the yeah. in the background.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so, some
7: creeper. He's getting you know, photo yeah, nice, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My photobomb. friend, the rowback. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, you and I, we uh, we scored a Glen Hughes pick. So that that was, that was also yeah, like a You got, of my you got name. yours.
3: You got yours yeah. in the wild, though. Yeah. You guys, you caught
5: yours in the uh, in there. And yeah. and as we will talk about that, that was much much uh, a rarer occurrence than the next. Yeah.
1: Act. Yeah. <laughs> Through that,
0: <laughs> I, still, I, I I got my Soren <laughs> Anderson pick here that nice. i was able yeah. to score no glenn hughes pick and uh sadly no Ingve pick which uh, against the all odds i somehow <laughs> I know what are they,
3: that's a million <laughs> to one that we didn't all get one
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly
3: <laughs> <laughs> well not really and we'll
5: talk about that too as uh yeah is so, uh, th- yeah. throwing style or <laughs> skill kicking style yeah, ratio. But-
0: <laughs> All right. All right. So let's let's take a break. We'll thank uh, we'll thank some of our wonderful patrons as we um, move into the next segment here. But uh, thanks to our core level patrons coming in at the seven dollar seventy seven cent. Keep it warm rat tier. We have Michael Vader at the six dollar and ninety nine cent. New nice price tier. We have Spike the Rock Cat and Sugar Tea at the episode six dollar and sixty six cent tier. We have Steve Coldwell mm-hmm. and getting support from the baby. We've got Anton Glaving and Charles Meadows at the $6.65 almost evil tier. We have Kenny Wymore, Michael Bagford, and new patron, Richie Sucksmith. At the nice price tier, we have Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois and Carl Helberg. And at the 60 kroner Scandinavian Knights tier, we have Newt Martin Johansson. He's a great- At the $5.55, what's going on here, tier? We have Richard Fusey. And at the $5 Money Lender tier, we have John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Elman, Alexi the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, Kev Roberts, Percival Frequency, Scott Cerns, Cynthia Dubey, Raf Caff, and Coyote Bongwater. Coyote <laughs> Bongwater. Thank you so much to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple Podcast. Okay. So then we had a brief break. We got to go in between sets and actually meet Steve Colbell for the first time in person.
6: Yay. Yay. <laughs> Great. To- and I will add that um, the, the security at the, the, the Palladium is a little different if you arrive after the show starts. No, no. <laughs> uh, whereas John had to relinquish. Yeah, you know, his sharpies. Uh, by the time I arrived, security consisted of two teenage girls who didn't even give me the dignity of pretending they needed to see my ID. So. <laughs> All
0: right. Wow. All right. Yeah, I showed, so, I showed. I showed my. I showed my ID to the guy before the show, and he was just kind of like, "What's the? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, here's oh, your, yeah. here's your wristband. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought they were requiring them, but as clearly, he did not need to see it.
4: Okay, so. Yeah. Dur- during halftime, we uh we met uh some old friends of ours from uh what, Kingston, Rhode yeah. Island. So that was uh Mr. Joe Stump and the other guy. <laughs> I yeah, forget the, his name. The guy from
2: Stormbringer, yeah, the guitar player yeah. and uh the vocalist.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. which yeah. I can't
2: remember his name, but um but yeah, they the well the the oh man, I wish does does anybody uh, rich do you know his name or oh okay yeah. well either way he was like he was really really nice the uh oh, well, both, nice. Of them, yeah. both of them were but we were talking to the vocalist first and he was just like every time we're like oh we went to see you guys and you were great and he's like oh thanks so much and he was like shaking shaking my hand and seemed really grateful and um yeah i met joe stump and uh talked to him for a little bit um really really nice and generous with this time as well and um Um, actually was was telling me that he's also part of a rainbow tribute band and I was like I didn't know that and so immediately when he told me the name of it uh, I just like punched it into my phone like while while I was talking to him because I didn't want to forget because they play around the Rhode Island area too so um and that's um Black Knight's Castle so that's Pretty cool. Black. I His name Ron is uh, Finn Ron is the
0: Finn. Oh, there we go. Oh, Ron yeah, Finn. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope. We're both using yeah. the and same keyboard
1: Googles.
4: player that looks like uh James Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was well, he's there. a great guy. Still, Rich, um, Rich Rubino.
3: Yes, Rich is a great guy. Great player too. Um, so I'm I'm Facebook friends with the drummer in the band, and I had texted him earlier in the night and said, Hey, uh, you guys coming to the show, the Glenn Hughes show, or is you know, is Joe coming? Because I know he's a big Bing Bay fan. And uh, he wrote back, he's like, you know, he didn't mention anything, so I don't know. He's like, I won't be there, though. And so about two minutes later, I ran into Joe, and I took a picture with him. And I sent it to him. I go, well, that answers that question. <laughs> then we ran Then we, then we ran into the singer, and I took a picture, and sent it to him. I go, hey, I'm going for the complete set. Where are you? <laughs> um, yeah. And and was it Pete that
5: said to the singer that uh, the keyboardist looked like James Taylor? And he, yeah. he, he was in hysterics. Yeah. <laughs> <he, he> it <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got a huge kick out of that. I was surprised. I'm like, oh, crap. I can't believe he said that. And of he's course, like, oh. Pete,
0: Pete yeah. just brings that up. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <because he's
1: laughs> not trying to stubby. <laughs> Yeah. He went to
3: the sad thing is he probably went running back and was like hey Mark Twain said you look just like
2: right <laughs> well I mean you're also talking about Pete who wears like uh, another version of the shirt I wore back in February uh, that's right uh, to the show uh, possibly to bust my chops you know hey John how does this look You know, he's, he's wearing it blue, tonight blue I was going to say you know what he's got on right
3: now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he yeah, hasn't that.
0: taken it off since the show
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah he yeah. can't. It's a tattoo. Eddie well, have to tell us he's in been wearing
0: it to work every day.
5: Yeah, it got, it got hit by one of Inve's picks, so he'll never wash it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I yeah, there's a lot the of things that aren't going to get washed
0: again.
4: <laughs> yeah. That's right. I do have my earplugs from the show; they are in the pocket, so I uh, uh, throw those uh, away. The sets yeah. was
2: fun though, because we got to oh, move yeah. around and and talk to everybody, and uh, my. I, uh, I met Steve for the second time, only this time I knew about it. Um,
1: That's right.
6: I wasn't just stalking you from the next day. <laughs> yeah, did
2: we talk
0: about that on the show before? That
6: Yeah. Um, yeah so? I, Maybe yeah, Steve yeah. was at a,
0: before our Kiss show, was sitting at the table right me. next to you at...
6: Yeah, yeah, we were, oh, not Kiss, we no, it was were, wasp, um, wasp. it was Wasp and Armored Saint, and I texted Nate, and I was like, hey, is John at this Hi. show? Because I'm 99% certain uh, I was at the table next to you, but it was too loud in there, I couldn't hear the voice, and I was like, ah, maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be the creepy guy who's like, hey, are you the guy from the Deep Purple podcast? And he's like, what? <laughs> 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 you got to be extra sure. Yeah.
2: I am, but I probably would have acted confused anyway, and that would have made things worse. That so. would have made
0: his day. It would have been the first time either of us have been recognized in the wild <laughs> by a true. listener. We'd be like, oh my true. God. Everyone at the table would have probably busted John's chops, though. But yes, it was me.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw Bigfoot and I saw John that <laughs>
3: <laughs> But no Scott Farkas.
1: <laughs> <That's
3: not>
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> who, who rich and i saw a couple of weeks ago yeah coonskin cap and all that's crazy
3: um before i move away from joe stump we should also remind folks that he is the current guitarist in alcatraz yes even though graham bonnet is not the singer in the band anymore but is um, it ronnie romero now i don't know if he's still there or not but he was yeah nope. for a little while anyway i <laughs> know uh, wasn't it um is it doogie yeah it's oh, doogie, doogie white. white Right,
4: right hmm, right right okay there you go. Doogie Brewster. Who's that guy? Doogie Mark? Hauser. Doogie. Doogie, Doogie Hauser. Hauser. You're thinking of Punky
0: Brewster.
5: It's like a mashup show.
0: So <laughs> <like> <laughs> the moon Moonfly, the singer. Doogie, Doogie Webster.
5: I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Punky, punk, Punky Hauser? Is that,
0: uh, yeah. I think, he, I think oh she plays God. a Steinbrenner. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so then Ingve came on and.
3: So much
6: boy, to say. Hey. <laughs> oh, boy, did he? Come on, yeah. Uh, is, speaking of the uh, speaking of the Wasp show, yeah, the, I was getting strong vibes from Ingve of bad Blackie Lawless cosplay. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really? Oh yeah.
2: Just like you know, the dark hair. He was vaguely the munchops. <laughs> yeah, but, like just yes. really like like pitch black hair, kind of vaguely vaguely overweight, but not really like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too, 20 yeah. yeah. Too many donuts. From all the mead. Too donuts. the mead. I
7: don't like donuts. Layers the lake. Yeah, rape and pillage the Viking or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but man, what a what a big dude. Yeah, I was. Um, I I think I, I was. I think I was telling. Um, maybe it was Nate and Rich. I was like, I wasn't like. I feel like I might have. I might have been seeing, over the past like however many months, older pictures of him because I did not expect him to to look like older you know what I mean like yeah. I'm seeing all younger <laughs> right. pictures of him, so I looked at him I'm like oh I was like I was kind of blown away I'm just like oh this dude looks like you know weathered. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah he actually looked better than I expected to be honest yeah no he looked good he didn't rough look rough pictures yeah. he definitely is trimmed yeah. down a little bit since his height, yeah. height you
2: know. yeah but he, I mean he definitely like he looked like very kind of menacing almost you know was, yeah
3: what what were those,
2: those especially t-shirts? if you were in the
5: band yeah. That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Oh, we'll get the... to the band, right?
5: Yeah. Well what, what were the t shirts too they were selling? Uh
7: oh.
5: Invey
2: who on the front and then invade fucking Malmstein on the back. Yeah.
7: Yeah, yeah yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's who yeah.
2: Which we're talking about coming up with our own line of shirts for the for the <laughs> podcast, like Hu, and then on the back, Rich Yang We Shaylor,
4: with those with those mutton chops that he had. He kind of reminded me of like, you know, Elvis before he left us, and uh, Neil Young. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah, Neil Young. Right. Neil, yeah. Neil Young yeah. with, with really really long hair. So, yeah, which
5: which yeah. turned all the women off in the audience because, as, as Peter said, no women like
6: Neil Young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and just to clarify, maybe Elvis right before he left us. Or <laughs> yeah. well, right you know, after he left uh, us. Bloat, yeah, the
1: bloated uh. version. Yeah.
3: yeah. And maybe, maybe slightly President Taft, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, John, unfortunately... This guy the right one here. ...who will appreciate yeah. this, but... Oh,
3: huh. what did you yeah. we go. have? go. He's got the, I mean, I mean, the B, B, not the A. This is the one where you would vote
4: on what yeah, Elvis what you, stamp yeah. you uh, you wanted, right? So, yeah. so this is you know, and I think young Elvis became the stamp. And, oh yes. and not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not no. Elvis. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so,
4: Elvis <laughs> so this was Elvis Paul, the Box, Elvis, Memphis, Tennessee, so,
0: 1992. Wow. John would be the only person That could confirm this But the guy that lived across the street from me Growing up looked exactly like Ingve looked His yes. name was Jean And he was He grew up with my dad He was a year or two younger than my dad And he was completely out of his mind Insane And he actually uh, Tie into Joe Satriani He, d- he did color me a, he, a, he did make me a, a Silver Surfer poster He's an incredible artist He could do all this Steve would appreciate it. He'd do all the Marvel guys Just like he, Yeah do it with crayon and then use his fingernail to like scrape it off for like the shading and stuff really and he could just bang these things out in just a few minutes but he was completely out of his mind unfortunately and um I think he had some problems with drugs and all that sort of stuff and he would he would walk in the middle of the road dressed like that all black with the mutton chops and the long black hair and um when the car would almost hit him, he would yell at the car, and he would usually address the car, not the person. So, uh, like, so, like one time he was walking down the street, and this car almost hit him because he's wearing all black, walking in the middle of the road in the middle of the night, and he goes, Ah, watch yourself, you fucking Chrysler! And he picks up a rock, and he would just chuck it at the car, just out of his mind. But anyway, I lived across the street from a guy who looked just like Yngwie for, you know, for 20 years. <laughs> yes. We called him the Man in Black. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so Ingve takes the stage, and then right off, I mean, as as far as I'm concerned, it
3: was uh, a lot, you...
0: <laughs>
3: an audio assault,
0: an audio <laughs> assault. And if if you could have just, if you asked me what would a stereotypical Ingve show be like, I would have said. Well, it would have been like this, but there's no way it would actually be like that stereotype. Like this,
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I mean, it was uh, also a a guitar pick assault, also.
2: Well,
4: yes. Yeah. Well, on
2: all,
7: on and off stage.
2: Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, have that,
7: to admit, I was probably laughing for like the first five minutes. Oh, I couldn't stop easily. laughing because I was like is, this, yeah. like, "Is this real life right now?"
2: Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I mean, I had like, you know, like I had. uh talked about before, like maybe uh, four-ish years ago, I saw him out uh, when I was in LA. Um, uh, one of my friends that lives out here now said, oh, you want to go see like ingbay in this club? And I was like, yeah, why not? And um, it actually, when I look back at the pictures, it's the same band that he has now, which I'm actually kind of impressed with. But yeah. it was basically the same show, which is all just, you know, when we looked at the set and we saw 24 songs i'm like yeah quote unquote songs because it was like you you don't know what the hell was going on um uh during this thing but i was like i'm thinking like okay and i'm looking over at nate and and i'm just like um, i don't know if i said well what do you think or something he's like this is awesome. And I was like, <laughs> what? I said, I, like, I was so surprised because I figured, like, he's probably like, oh, and you're just like, awesome. And you're like, yeah, this is a laugh. Yes. It's like, which I think coined the other phrase for the evening. I said, that was a great show for all the wrong reasons. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> that was, I loved it. Anyone who asks me, I said, uh, John summed it up when he said, Ingve was entertaining for all the wrong reasons,
1: <laughs> yeah. and one of the,
2: one of them was the was the pick assault, which we somebody had just mentioned. Which was, um, I mean, he was like, he was. Uh, well, I mean, we—you got throwing to talk about ninja that. stars. sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. he was kicking, yep. kicking picks with his boot. He's throwing them out and everything, and Nate. You no, started he was trying
3: to—he ki- was trying to kick them. <laughs> yeah. His his attempt versus success ratio on the kicks <laughs> were, were yeah. zero and thirty. He missed everyone he tried to kick. <laughs> yeah, I think I
2: saw him hit
6: like two, but yeah, like it was. how far did they get? Not very far. Yeah, his eye foot coordination is not. They're
2: hitting great. the keyboard player. They're going into the wall, they're, like, falling on the floor. It's like, easy.
6: Yeah, this yeah, is the so player
2: got around, at I turned around the market at 12 one point, I
7: like, and I was like, I was like, Mark. I was like, Mark, if one of those hits me in the eye, I'm gonna go up there and beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was no danger
5: of that, though. Yeah. Like I think ten <laughs> percent of the picks actually made it into the audience. And they didn't <laughs> not into anyone's hands. They were just falling on the floor. Well, you <laughs> know what it made
2: me what it made me think of, which I told Nate and I finally finally found out what it was, was it reminded me of this like early Simpsons episode where they were at the ballpark and this guy's like Hey, peanuts, get your peanuts here. And the guy's throwing them, and it's like five (laughs) seconds. And it's like one hits a guy in the head, one lands on the pitcher's mound, one goes out into the parking lot and bounces off the hood of a car. It's like that's what it was like with them throwing the picks. They're going everywhere except where they're supposed to go.
1: So he
0: would play a solo for about 20, 30 seconds and then just flick the pick. Sometimes it yep. was like really impressive because you couldn't even – you didn't even see him do it. You just realized he didn't have a pick anymore. And then he would go over to his his microphone stand that had the little, you know, pick holder that holds maybe a dozen picks. He'd grab a new one and he'd play for another 20, 30 seconds. And as soon as he stopped playing 128 notes and held a note, he would flick the pick,
1: <laughs> grab another pick. And I don't
0: know if it's – you know, like in a – um. You know, a, a, for, a Formula One race or whatever—like they're changing the tires every fifteen minutes because of the amount of <laughs> wear and tear. I don't know if it's that kind of thing. Like he's putting so much stress on these picks in thirty seconds, probably more than I put on the pick I've been using. I've been using for three years, you know. Yeah. So he's putting so much stress, he needs to just get discard it and, and get a fresh one. Yeah, you know who's yeah. in the, best? the pick boy? Yeah, he, he,
4: the pick boy is probably has it is in the best shape of anyone in that band. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he came out, you know, we were there for an hour, you know, before we split and uh he must have come out what, a dozen times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
5: and, and and why do you sweat, man? <laughs> why, why not just have like a bigger pick holder? <laughs>
1: Yeah. A jar, like a giant up. punch yeah. bowl yeah. of yeah. on the like stage. A, yeah, get the uh, the Halloween <laughs> gonna
0: candy gonna ball out. Punch bowl, yeah. <laughs> escalator holding
7: a punch bowl. Yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> well, well not like a, a machine gun. Swing them into the audience.
5: Yeah. yeah, or a machine gun <laughs> belt feed, you know, that's yeah, that's right. <laughs> for the guitar or something. Yeah. And then, I mean, this, guy yeah. up,
2: this guy came out like a ball boy at a tennis match. He's like, you know, yeah. ducking down and running <laughs> <laughs> over, and putting <laughs> the thing on, and then running away. Like, and- I,
0: I do have a video of the of the guy replacing them. If you guys want to watch it real, cause it's a thirty second oh, video. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, yeah. So so here yeah. we go. Here here is here is a, an example of, of the of the pick <laughs> <laughs> reloading. This is on YouTube. I'll have a link to it. You could do it, pick boy.
3: Ingve needs a pick, Bandolero. He's
0: <laughs> yeah. like, he will beat me later. If I don't think. There he is throwing a pick, and here he comes. Uh, uh, yep.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that guy was so stressed. Look at him. Okay, <laughs> yeah. If you
6: pause right before he gets there, you can see him glance at Ingve, and it's just, he always had to look like he was about to get in trouble. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. man, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that terror. He's like he, like, he knew he was late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like is the true this. speed gang. He is. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: know? laughs> yeah, so true. funny thing
6: is that they it was he
7: threw a lot of those picks at like his own band members and I'm like wondering I'm, like man is this <laughs> it like an indication like you're getting ten dollars off because you fucked up. Yeah. yeah, you know,
6: it's like Brown. Yeah, Every
3: pick so, that gets flung at you, you get docked ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually yeah. didn't even realize I didn't even realize he had other people in the band. Yeah, because I track track just in didn't hear any. Yeah, back
7: up. Backup player.
3: Yeah, play. I mean, well, Steven looked,
4: Seagal. He, he, he exactly.
3: He was just
6: singing right there on that on that clip. Not to mention doing some impressive spins. So. <laughs> oh yeah, he did a lot
0: of that, yeah. and the spin around and hit yeah. the yeah yeah. 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 So Good we old. had
2: um, who did we have as in his um in his band? We Damon had Seagal. Uh, Steven stubby Seagal on keyboards, stubby <laughs> Steven Seagal.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: We had um, David Larry, Larry Fine on bass. Oh, Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. why? I oughta- <laughs> <laughs> no it no, wasn't no, no, no. hey leave him alone
4: <laughs> well, the, the, the best thing was is when i told you it was larry fine and you've been sending it in the group text a picture of of larry fine playing the violin and right then Inge <laughs> was doing something on the guitar all right and the drummer wasn't drumming and he was uh he had his sticks and he was pretending to, to play the violin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that was good
0: timing.
4: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Larry Fine played yeah. the violin in real life, didn't he? Yes.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: But yeah, it was yeah. it was a lot like yeah, it was and then of course we just the three stooges things just kept flowing. It was and it was, you know, like, you know, why I to, you ought to what to. be
1: more careful. <laughs> yeah.
5: Cause <so laughs> i was gotta right. throw a pick at you. <laughs> Because there was a part where Ingve uh, made Larry adjust his like microphone yes, and well, stuff, and, a, and Larry-
0: he had pet, like yeah. his pedals or something, mm-hmm. and he just basically yeah. just like waved over to the bass player who had to stop what he was doing and come over and like fiddle with Ingve's y- uh, like the uh, distortion pedal and like I don't know yeah. what was I don't his know. What the station, is- and, and, and it, a, it
5: wasn't. It wasn't delay. like Ingve was like playing any notes or anything right. to see like oh. This is where I want it. It was just like, no, just like fiddle that...
6: Whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> that, that happened right after the bass player talked to the audience. I think he might have been being punished.
1: I oh, really? yeah. I, yeah.
3: I thought that or maybe like some guitar picks got stuck in some of the pedals or something. He's just <laughs> clearing them out. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't stomp on my distortion because there's six picks wedged under it.
4: <laughs> but, but John, true to yeah. what you said about the show that you saw in LA, Ingve. We were on the side of ingvay so stage left, okay, and the rest of the, you know, the drummer was way in the back, and, and <laughs> yeah. the, the bass player, you know, Larry Fine was told to stay in his place while Steven yeah. Seagal was, was over in the corner too yeah
2: yeah and Yngwie had like you know like 90 percent of the stage to himself so
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and this was a bigger venue than what I saw him in before so I mean like I think it was funnier before because those guys were like just like crowded onto one side of the stage <laughs> and I was like yeah that's they, they were still crazy. pretty crowded I think oh yeah I think oh so. yeah but I mean yeah. um and it's it was big like stage and I mean let's let's say too about the about the <laughs> the set list as it were like I couldn't tell one song from the next. And I mean, I'm like, I'm a casual, very casual Yngwie fan, but I feel like you have to be like a, maybe a Joe Stump level Yngwie fan to even know what the hell was going on. Because all I heard was... (laughs) That's
0: and, it. That's yeah. funny. You're yeah. you're, yeah. You were making those noises, and Zoom cut you off because it was like, oh, that must be external noise that they don't want.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- Actually, it was it
3: was triggering my PTSD, so I'm glad.
1: Yeah.
2: But I, mean, it's like they, I I couldn't tell any. I, I really the only song that I knew was uh, uh, there was one song from his first solo album. I kind of caught some of it and then Smoke on the Water. Those are the only two things and, I recommend. And the
6: Star-Spangled Banner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah slowly rich turns i looked
2: looked over at rich when he started playing that and he he did not look pleased
3: (laughs) so i was just thinking i was trying to make a clever joke out of ptsd and i realized agganini stress disorder works
2: (laughs)
1: exactly
3: yeah
5: i mean one of the things that really bothered me is is how the the tone and or the the delay he had cuz there were parts where he would stop playing like amazingly you know and it's like <laughs> oh it's still going it's still going and then his vocals like also had this like ridiculous delay so it's like you you're watching his fingers and it's like yeah this guy is like you know incredible the amount oh, yeah. of notes he can play and everything he's just sure. unbelievable right but it's like I couldn't even, you know, distinguish the notes because it was so much, it, it was just overblown, I thought. Um, I was dying for him to play something like a little slower. So it's like, oh yeah, let's see, see, be able to hear and see some of this skill. Yeah,
6: yeah so where's I this lazy here? It's like it's
1: Yeah, yeah.
6: <laughs> and I mean, compare him to Glenn Hughes. It's just no connection with the audience, none. Right, I mean,
2: right, yeah. Yeah, how many was he threw trying out, to do it was,
7: that, and like he got spanked for it, right?
6: Like, yep. Yeah. yeah, don't talk to them. Yeah. Well, I don't know those <laughs> those
2: dudes in the front row, like uh, like like right at the the barricades or whatever. Like for the Ingve show, there was like a row of people that were standing up, like at the the barricades, that they were into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, they, yeah. Were really they into seemed it. to know because cool. they were pumping their fists and they knew like. But I, but there was no there was never any break where you were like okay I'm gonna clap now because something is over. It just seemed like right. one thing flowed into another, which like can be, one, you know, usually you some sometimes bands like will get up and do three or four songs to start to just really go out with a bang, and then and then yeah everyone will clap and there'll be an interlude and there'll be a talk with the audience. But for the whole hour we were there, there there was like no talking. There was no like thank you Boston and we're so happy to be here and I don't think there was any of that.
4: Even no. even when he spoke into the. Uh, you know, to, he did talk to the audience a little bit. He was still on Reverb or Echo or mm. oh,
1: whatever it's yeah. called.
4: Yeah.
0: So I got this um, comment. I posted... Just a video, Ingve Malmsteen Shredding. It's already got like more more views than any of our uh, episodes. It's only been up there for a couple of days. Um, so
3: this, uh, this guy wrote in, in his name. All, it's all Ingve checking it. <laughs>
0: <out>. Yeah. <laughs> he's
7: going to fly over and fight you guys.
3: Yeah. He's gonna you unleash the fury. Unleash the fury. Okay. <laughs> but this guy, um, Chester
0: Cheese. Uh, Writes and he another real
3: name.
0: (laughs) I'm doubting that that's real. It's Chucky's brother. He says, "Oh heck!" He says, "I was at this concert and and at least where I was, I it didn't sound anything like this. The audio you captured is much clearer. All I was able to hear was a gigantic muddy mess of a mix." Then he says it was even worse during the Glenn Hughes show, which I didn't hear because I thought it sounded really good. Um, Mm. He says, nevertheless, this was the worst Yngwie concert I've ever been to. For the record, this was uh, my fifth YJM concert. I'm not blaming Yngwie, as by all appearances, it looked like he was playing his ass off. However, the acoustics and the sound of the venue were absolutely abysmal. Mm.
1: Um,
0: He says, in terms, it may have been the worst concert I've ever attended to as far as audio quality. So he goes on and on, and then he says... um, uh, with that said, for some reason, your forty-second clip sounded better than anything I was able to hear with my own ears at this concert. What the heck were you recording with? It almost sounds like you uh, have a
4: direct-to-soundboard recording. And I told him, <laughs> "Why do you? Why do you? Do you have that clip close? Can you? Um, can you play for us?" Yeah, I can play. It, let's it? See. Um Yeah, yeah. I got it right. Where is it?
0: Is this the one? I don't want to play the same yeah. one. With the, is oh, it? this I, one here. It is. The, No, this isn't, I'm sorry, this isn't the one. This is the one.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> it sounds There's much Steven different. Steven Seagal and <laughs> Larry Fine. Larry. <laughs>
3: I'm actually enjoying this more than when we were there. Yeah. Fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I think the recording takes a, a little bit of that, uh,
5: you know, over. It takes the edge off. Yeah. You know. You, you don't get feel there, bludgeoned.
3: To the, the sudden stop and the pick toss. Yeah. Yeah. That was
0: me. Everyone's point,
3: though. It's so like when he does that hair training. thing, is that to shake all the picks out? Or?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah that was you see and that's the thing is, is like when you like I, I really think that the the mix was not that great because i mean what we just heard there on that that short clip was like more m- melodic than anything mm-hmm. i picked mm-hmm. up on at all yeah yeah, 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 no,
1: and even, yeah standing, no, I, even standing
6: even yeah, standing further sure. back that was the most i could actually tell what he was doing mm-hmm. you know i uh, for the entire evening yeah yeah. yeah. Like I'm thinking that
5: guy that commented, the Chuck E. Cheese guy, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, maybe he was in like, you know, against the wall too, which it might've yeah. been even worse, you know, where that's, and that's why he thought Glenn mm-hmm. Hughes didn't sound good either. I mean, I don't know. Uh, have
6: you guys seen other stuff at that venue? I, I was about to say the acoustics at, at the Palladium are not great. It's a great mm-hmm. place to see see a show usually energy wise, but I mean, it's, it's just like a black box theater. It, it doesn't, mm. it, the sound is not super. Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it, kind it, of like it, the Webster mark, you know,
0: but I, yeah. I found Webster's that like a, on a lot of these shows, like, I mean, you're you, obviously you just hit a point of audio fatigue. Your ears can't take yeah. anything else in and there could be muddiness, but sometimes just taking a recording, like I've got my zoom recorder that I used to record the show and you, you I'm sure I've already edited in samples for people to hear on this episode. And, just putting that down and bringing the gain all the way down. So it's not clipping and you hear a lot of things that you don't necessarily pick up at the show. Cause it's just all at once. Um, so it, it could be just, you know, just my, my crappy iPhone <laughs> microphone somehow made that mm-hmm. sound at a volume where you could understand what mm-hmm. was actually going on. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think part, and I think I said this to John on the drive home was, I don't know how much of it was the fact that I don't know much Ingve at all. So I didn't have much to latch on to, whereas the songs that Glenn played tonight, I've heard all of them a million times. So my ears were able to fill in the what was missing or what they were needed. True. And 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 to me, it sounded more cohesive. But I think a big part of it, too, was maybe that just mix of his set in particular was rough.
6: But, I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm also going to say that, I mean, as far as uh, a lot of the stuff, about a year or so ago, I saw Dragon Force there. And you know, there's plenty of dee- 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 dee from them as well. <laughs> but it, it was not, it wasn't, you didn't feel like you were being bludgeoned. Yeah. You, know, you could definitely latch on to the fact that, oh, there's a song here, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The fact that there weren't any breaks at all, I think, didn't help it because yeah. you, you didn't know when things were starting or ending. So,
4: well, I'm, I, I I can say that I saw Ingvae. Yeah, you know, yeah. just just yeah. like I can say that I've saw I've seen uh, Paul Anka. All right, <laughs> two similar artists.
1: That's right. Yes. And I think and that, uh, that
2: that being said, we what did we leave out right after Smoke on the Water, which was like probably halfway through the set. Yeah,
1: yeah it's I the first, all it's of the the first, first show of i walked too. Yeah.
7: yeah, it's I, like we're all on the same wavelength. I remember looking at John, looking at like Roback and Rich. I was like, all right, I think everybody. We kind of, kind of just like this head nod and we just turned around and like walked up.
3: That had to be a kick in his teeth to turn around because the row in front of us was empty. Yeah. Those people were standing up already. And so the, he was looking at three empty rows when he looked out there. Um, that's the first show I've ever left early. Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I, and we, we all kind of talked beforehand how we were probably all going to be all set with not staying the whole show. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was
3: kind of hoping it was going to go. I'm not going to lie. Part of me wanted it to go the other way. Yeah. yeah. Part of it wanted me to feel Absolutely. drawn in or be like, Oh wow. That was really good. I'm well, uh, yeah. I am going to stay for this. Yeah. But I yeah. thought it was usually one song or one, one, I don't even know, We shouldn't call them songs. You should come up with another term. One, one blur segment? first. Yeah. Segment first. I was like, yeah, I might not even make it an hour.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah i think yeah, i, I mean, texted I, I, steve and said after he played smoke on the water i said i think this is our cue <laughs> oh
6: well, it's funny because I, did, I didn't even get your text but as soon as the song ended i just saw all of you in mass turn and start heading I was like all right we're going <laughs> 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 yeah. so it was yeah. like wait to merge wait to merge and here we
1: go you know he's back that.
5: Uh, uh, of Smoke on the Water Well it's yeah, funny It's like the it first song it. he played Where it was like Okay He knew, <laughs> knew what it was He knew what it was But I'm thinking In the heck of my mind oh, oh, When is uh, You know When is he gonna go nuts On the fretboard Cause He's not gonna be able to hang He hung on longer Than I thought Actually yeah. I was like Oh <laughs> yeah. he's playing this Pretty <laughs> yeah. He's playing this Like pretty well Pretty you know yeah, uh, Pretty faithful
2: Yeah to uh, Faithful
5: the... to the original And then You know um, yeah. But uh, yeah, but I was waiting for something light. I don't know, you know, I'm not familiar with his stuff. Again, you know, a few songs and stuff. But I was waiting for something just a little bit slower. That because he kind of needed that in the set too. I think it would have helped if it's just like, okay, mm-hmm. let's slow it down and I'll play something that's you know, melodic or whatever. But but you know, let you catch your breath a little bit. And 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 no, it was like I was telling somebody. It, i I took like a twenty second recording of the show, and it's like this is what the whole show was like, basically <laughs> yeah. just
0: like, copy uh, and paste this for two hours yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I think there was one part where, um. I think it might have been where the bass player was was either doing penance or fixing a pedal or whatever he was doing.
1: And, um, penance.
0: Uh, where he, so so Ingve stopped playing for a second and I could hear the keyboards and I was like, wow, like there's actually something going on there. But as soon as he touched his, his string, completely drowned out the keyboards. He must you have could, run out of
4: picks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: could feel like rumbling of drums and bass, but but other than that it was mostly just the guitar overpowering anything.
4: Yeah.
7: Yeah.
5: But so uh, I uh, I posted a, a thing there's a guy on YouTube, I don't know if you've heard of him, he's a British guy, Wings of Pegasus. And he's a guitarist himself and he he analyzes guitarists and also everybody else but so i i had never seen he did an england video and I was watching it. and he he, he the the guy that does the video is really good and he he's very you know careful he doesn't want to you know put people down or whatever but he was just saying it's like he's a, you know obviously engue he, he's talking a little bit about how yeah you know, he's a prodigy. He got a guitar when he was like five years old and probably picked it up and went,
1: bah! you
5: know, right <laughs> off the, you know, took out his, uh, you know, pacifiers, <laughs> but, uh, but he said, it's not everybody's cup of tea and it's not his cup of tea. And I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the, there were people there that were fans and, and mm-hmm. I don't think we want to sit here and crap on Ingve's talent at no, all, no. but just, for us, it was kind of like, I, I think I agree with Rich. I was kind of looking for something to say, oh, he's going to surprise me here. And like, you know, I'm going to think this is really cool. And it was like, no, no, it was, it was kind of that audio assault, unfortunately.
1: Yeah.
6: But no, there were definitely, uh, the, I, the, during Glenn, I was definitely in an Yngwie section. You know, it was a bunch of guys sitting down on their phones, you know, during the whole time. So, so. Clearly, there were a lot Section of people there who, why. Loved, who loved it.
1: <laughs> so yeah. <cool>. Why? <laughs>
5: yeah. Well, when we were waiting in line to get into the venue, there was this, uh, these younger guys in front of us, mm. and they turned around and they said, they were like, oh, was Glenn Hughes a, a founding member of Deep Purple? You know, so they didn't know anything. Um,
1: mm. You
5: yeah, know, they were obviously there seeing, seeing they, So yeah. yeah. But they seemed, you know, they, they seemed pretty psyched still you know to to see somebody but it was in deep purple but yeah yeah so you know it's your cup of tea or or it isn't um it's not that he's like a real bad fit i think necessarily with glenn hughes but it's just you could see where you could have two different sides of the spectrum Musically,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. The, I mean, the, they, they, go together. I mean, they make sense together as a, as a package um, mm-hmm. because they're both in the deep purple family, but they're two completely different styles of music. And I mean, it's yeah. completely possible to be into both because I mean, mm-hmm. I do like that style of guitar playing, just not, not him doing it. It's just, it's, he's just too, he's too wild for me. You know, I need, I need that in a little more like uh, kind of like constrained. Yeah. Mm. Um. So I mean, so, um, yeah.
1: I, so uh,
4: would, I was, would Glenn say that he's damn funky? <laughs> he doesn't yeah.
0: seem particularly funky to me. No, <laughs> no. actually,
4: I, it, there's
0: usually they, chords hey, you, in funk.
5: Yeah. Nate, maybe you could actually do this. Take take some of the clips you had and, and slow them down. I was wondering what it sounds mm. like if it's slowed down and isn't mm. like awesome, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good that's a good point. Yeah. Like slow yeah. it down to half speed or quarter speed. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so Mark, you know, you say it's your cup of tea or it isn't and it certainly mm-hmm. is not my cup of tea. It's almost yeah. as if somebody is sitting next to me on the plane and threw their tea all over me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, so, good one. Good one yeah. So there may have been
0: some karmic uh, retribution there, but I think maybe we'll get <laughs> to that after we thank the next uh, level of patrons, um, and then we can kind of do a wrap-up. But uh, so coming in at our for our core level patrons there's a foundation level I always forget foundation level patrons at the $3.50 deep purple new york tier we have lord longford <laughs> At the $3 Aromatic Feed tier, we have Simon Ford and our newest patron, new patron Richard Brees. At the $3.33 Halfway to Evil tier, we have Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leask. And at the $3 Nobody's Perfect tier, we have Peter Gardeau, <laughs> Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, The Stuart McCord, Ivan Fieldbu, Runar Siemensen, JJ Stenard, Ruinous Inadequacies, John Miselli.
1: Yeah, they
0: get mad in Connecticut. Ivan Field, Boo. Oh no, sorry, I already did him. Michael Boyette and Corey Morissette at the one dollar and seventy-one cent. I want my own tier tier. We have Rich, Rich Young, at the 10 kroner tier, Karsten Lau. At the $1 made up name tier, we have the Beatly Beatley Boo Leaky Mausoleum. Steven Somerville, the Concerto 1999 Fanatic. Hank the Tank, Private Eyes. Ashen Lionel. <coughs> Blackmore Tights. Steve Down to Earth Kohler. Zwapper, the Electric Al- Alchemist. Anders Engstrom and Ashley Still I Hear Burn Rose. Thank you so much to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple Podcast. <sighs> so before we sum, sum things up, um, so I get on the plane home and I've got my ear, my noise-canceling headphones in, right? And and the woman beside me has like one of those water bottles where you like you push the button and it like pops open and Whatever. So we take off. We're in the air for a while. I don't know what I missed, but all of a sudden there is just this explosion. (laughs) And I look over and she's drenched in water. (laughs) So I think what must have happened was like the the pressure must have built up in her water bottle. (laughs) And she hit the button and then it shot all over (laughs) her face and it went up into the air and hit the (laughs) woman behind her. And she was all wet. And I, 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 when I tell you, I didn't get a single drop of water on me, nothing. And she was sitting right. It was only a two, a two person row. And I was like, and I I even took my earbuds off and I was like, was that you? And she said, yeah, she's, she's dripping with water. So I went into my bag. I had a bunch of like extra napkins from, I I think when I got uh, dinner at the, on the flight over. So I gave her like all my napkins and she's trying herself <laughs> off. And I was like, well, I, I feel like at least the, the focus has been taken away from me making a full, of me. she was clearly embarrassed. So I tried to make her feel a little bit better, but um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it would have been probably better if I got soaked to, to kind of pay me back. But um, that yeah, I was I think
3: that's how I'm pretty sure that's how karma works, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but,
0: but I feel like, I feel like someone else got the, um, uh, got to experience what it was like so I, I i felt very bad for her and clearly she was very embarrassed but um that so was the...
2: apparently any anybody in nate's presence on a plane gets drenched with some kind of liquid <laughs> yeah i'm gonna yeah. bring a poncho
0: next time who knows what's gonna happen
4: <laughs> <sighs> so next time is to see glenn again maybe
0: are we are we allowed to talk about it <laughs>
1: Yeah, I heard he might be coming back in February. <laughs> well, it's, funny. it's funny. Ashley, <laughs> our our
0: new patron, Ashley Rose, uh, messaged me on Instagram and was like, uh, hey, maybe I'll see you again in February. Because <laughs> she was at the show, but she didn't, oh, I guess, we unfortunately, oh, oh. we didn't meet up. I was like, oh, it's too bad you didn't uh, come see us. I think she was in one of the um, balcony uh, sections. So oh, I That said, balcony oh, we... section
4: reminded Roback and myself of the... Uh... The Muppet, the Muppet show. show. Yeah. <laughs> no, <those guys. laughs> Joe Stump <laughs> hanging out with those guys. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, what were their names? Waldorf and, uh, Statler, and Statler and Waldorf. Statler and Waldorf. Um But yeah, she said, Well, I guess I'll see you in February. I was like, Yeah, I guess so. I guess that cat's out of the bag.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll see what happens in February. So but, you
3: said she she was at that show?
2: Yeah. Yep. Huh. huh.
1: So yeah,
2: too bad. Like a roving gang, you know, going through there. I'm surprised nobody recognized at least one of us. Yeah. yeah. But anyway.
0: Um anything, uh
2: anything else to close it up. Uh, I just <laughs> De- dead air.
3: I would only just, I just want to say, man, I really
5: enjoyed spending time with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> me too. That's um yeah. all kidding Worst aside. Like John said,
3: you know, you know, saying, um, you know, I forget who you said, said that it was like a family reunion, but yeah, it's it's nice. I mean, it's 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 always fun when we meet up because it's always based around, you know, the bands that we love and the music we love. And I know we've talked about it before, but, you know, who would have, at least I wouldn't have thought, well, you guys definitely would have thought because you're like in kindergarten. But, you know, in 1985, <laughs> when I saw my first concert, and it was Deep Purple and I, you know, got into the band and,
0: you Come know, on, I was in
3: third grade follow them all through those years, you know, that I would someday, you know, have such a big part of my life based around that band. I mean, I have friends across this, across the country, I was going to say, but it's really around the world, including guys in the band that I can draw that line directly back to deep purple, um, including some of my very good friends now, you know? Yep. And so really enjoy doing it every time we do it. And hopefully we'll get to do it again soon. Cause Who knows how many years we got left doing this? Um, And of course, the LP that you had signed for me, Rich, you know, proves it. Well, that (laughs) that, exactly—that's the friendship that that (laughs) sealed our friendship. The only other so I know I told you guys the story. We'll do it for the podcast, but the only other time that happened, I did it on purpose. A friend (laughs) of mine was meeting Victor Wooten and uh, Future Man. And she said, did you, do you want me to get you an autograph? And I said, no, but can you do me a favor? My brother and my best friend in the world are both bass players, and they love them. Can you get them autographs? She's like, sure. I said, but have him sign it. Have them sign it to Rich's brother, Chris, and to <laughs> Rich's best friend, Kevin. So she did do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so they each have one of those autographs.
0: I'd be happy with any uh, any yeah. R- Victor autograph. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, my, my yeah, buddy yeah. Paul... got. I might have said this on the show. My buddy Paul took his pick guard off of his bass when we went to go see Bella Fleck and had Victor Wooten sign it. But, being that Paul marches to the beat of a different drummer, he put it back on his bass and just used his bass like normal played shows, with, then eventually it just completely wore off. I'm <sighs> like, you're supposed to put that on the wall and get a new pick guard for $10.
3: <laughs> so, or put a piece yeah. of tape over it.
0: Or something, yeah. but, yeah, lacquer it or something. But... Um, yeah, uh the only thing we didn't mention is when we went to the uh we went to that Irish pub after the show and I somebody <laughs> said that somebody had put the put it on the jukebox but Getting Tighter was playing when we walked in. Mm-hmm. Was that you, Steve?
6: Uh yeah, they they just um Clearly, it was a whole bunch of people who had evacuated the Inve yes. show, uh, and we're just you know loading it up because yeah, we got there, we got some Dio, we got some Iron Maiden. Yep. Yeah, there was mm-hmm. some excellent music being played over there. So yeah,
0: and the first thing we did, we walked in, some guy was like, "Oh, you at the show? Oh man, I couldn't take any more Inve. I had to come over here." <laughs>
3: <laughs> there was a lot and of play, including uh, including Glenn Hughes's uh, yeah. crew, they were all over there as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah.
6: But yeah, I, I was uh, I was thrilled to to be able to join you guys for this. This was uh, I really appreciate the the invitation. And, yeah, Rich has uh, has invited me to a couple of things that I haven't been able to go to. And I told him, just keep don't give up on me. Keep <laughs> trying. I, I will
3: get there eventually. So. Uh, so,
1: yeah, no, no, I had, no, I honestly, now that
3: we've met, you probably will not give up on you.
1: <laughs> and, and also the
6: the added bonus now that my daughter can stop referring to Nate as one of my internet friends. Yeah, so. now I'm a real life friend. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. There should <laughs> there should be a podcast well, my of the daughters of the listeners of our podcast can, can right. start their own podcast. <laughs> We've been tortured. Well, to we, to we, also, to yeah.
6: we also need the story time with uh, with Eddie uh, bonus episode at some point. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. For what sure. book did you read? Nuffle Bunny.
0: Who Nuffle Bunny's a good, good night one. moon.
7: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You guys probably see what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to put, <laughs> my, <laughs> trying to put my kids to bed, multitasking yeah. here. Why didn't I yeah. think of
0: that? This happens to me every week. Like I'm like, oh, I gotta, we gotta wrap up the episode. I get <laughs> my wife had to go to, go to, to her, her, her mom's show. place
7: right now, so I'm like in and out. I apologize. I've been well, I've been listening in. but I've just been having to take it off video.
1: And
0: no, no, yeah, right. oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I get it. Believe me. it's funny when we started the show I had a baby monitor up on the shelf right to my uh, right here and I I just don't have that anymore because I'll just come downstairs and bother me
2: um (laughs) well I mean this is um um uh, I would say uh you know echo what everybody else is saying it's always a great time to get together and 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 Gardeau was the one that kept saying it It this is like this this feels like a family reunion with a big smile on his face and um I'd say, like, you know, two of my favorite bands are Kiss and Deep Purple. And um, in, in both communities, I've, I've tr- tried to, you know, get in, you know, uh, like hang out in both communities, and it's just like Deep Purple one I found a lot more just uh, uh, you know, friendship and, um, you know, uh, uh, similar to what Rich said. You know, I have a lot more fun because it's just very um, – I don't want to say anything about the kiss one, but it just it doesn't (laughs) unfortunately doesn't give me the same, uh, you know, level of uh, friendship and camaraderie as we do in the Deep Purple fan community. So this is where I really enjoy being and, you know, glad that we get to do all this stuff together. And that's what really makes it enjoyable. This is like, you know, the show, but like the hang before and afterwards. You know, I know Rich always says it's all it's always it's all about the hang.
4: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Eddie Eddie, uh, texted us. He says. Cause he's been, he went to Arizona and came back and, you know, with his mm-hmm. two kids, he says, I haven't smiled so much and laughed in a long time. So, uh, oh, great. so there you go, Eddie, you got to hang out with the old guys more.
7: <laughs> yeah. oh, dude. Most definitely looking forward to the next time we see a show together for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, you know, I, you know, new guy buys, right? <laughs>
1: yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah.
5: And I'll just echo the same thing. And I think, um, uh, I think one of your early Christmas episodes, uh, you know, you had people send in videos or write something. And I said, one of the things I liked about the podcast was, you know, you guys, like us all, you, you know, you love the great music, but also there's that, that edge of like, you're not afraid to make fun of stuff where it's funny. And there's just, you know, you, you go see these concerts and you're, you're entertained with the music and, and all the funny stuff. The comments, everything, you know, miss pics and <laughs> guys that look like one of the three stooges. It's just I, I find that, that our, our sense of humor is just meld so great. So that that's what makes it a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think you, I, you know, if you're a really big fan of something. You have to be able to find the humor in it and and laugh about it and and joke about it, and it doesn't mean you're you're belittling it in any way. It really just means you you feel, you know, we have our running jokes on the show about you know, all the different personalities and temperaments and all that sort of stuff of the different members members. But it, it all comes from a huge place of love and admiration. And, um, like John said, a huge, huge respect for all the deep purple fans who've been so kind to us over the years. Cause we, I mean, we, you know, every so often we'll get shit on, but it's not very common. And, you know, you've got people like rich who, who've been around the band and, uh, know so much about the band, but, you know, rich will will never miss an opportunity to 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 bust our chops. but he's <laughs> he's he's never like, well, I know Me? that this happened, and you don't know it because I'm so far superior, blah blah, blah. And a lot of fan bases are very much like that. And even folks we've reached out to over the years, whether it's, you know, talking to Rich or like York planer or um Jerry Bloom or all these folks that just like have lived this like most of their life, are always just so. Open to saying, "Oh, you want this piece of information? I'll tell you what I know," and, and, and being really helpful to the show, whether they listen or not, or whether they're a fan or not, they're just very. It's a very accommodating group of fans, and I you don't see that in a lot of fandoms. So I really always appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I guess that's uh that's it. That's our review of the show. Maybe more than you bargained on, but it was uh that's our that's our biggest panel ever. A big appreciation to everybody for for joining us and uh, and reminiscing about what happened uh, four days ago. <laughs> was <laughs> it Four days ago? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Seems uh, like
6: it was see- only three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think this might be the longest episode. That uh, that you've ever done that Nate didn't start with saying. I think we'll keep this as a short episode.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) 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 And you know, I was thinking it though. I was thinking it, but um, it took me 232 episodes to learn not to uh, jinx it. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
5: yeah. The episode's a lot longer than we uh, stayed
3: for Ingve.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> you could do a Haskin and split it into like thirty episodes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be a good way to get caught caught up because we're behind. But um, anyway, thanks, thanks guys, thanks everybody for for joining us, and um, we'll be back at you next week with uh, eh, who who the heck knows what we'll be talking about, but something. We'll we'll see you then. Yeah, hey, good
2: night. Take care. Bye. Good night, Joe's head.
0: Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deep purple for more details. Thank you for listening.
3: Jeez. Did you bring back your wife something nice? I did. Well, I brought her a rainbow shirt.
1: A
0: lightly used rainbow shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Niagara Falls! Slowly I
3: turned, and step by step, inch by inch, I walked up to him and I smashed them. My I blocked I stabbed
1: in the faces and I knocked them
2: down. Who wants peanuts? We got peanuts. Hey, Woo! Oh, peanuts! Good. Hey, peanuts! We got peanuts!
1: Need some peanuts? Heads up!